I know. How? The last time we FaceTimed, we were talking about how you were going to bond voyage to Jake, that he was going to go <laughs> sail the high seas and leave me high and dry. And here we are, just three months later. Yes, what happened? Yeah, I actually went to the multiverse. I'm actually from the future. I've, uh... <laughs> I'm so glad you could join us. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, I time traveled. I knew there were some extra wrinkles. <laughs> Excuse me. Why do you look in the mirror? Oh my god. Uh, so what happened was to leave on one of these cruise ship contracts as a performer, it just it requires about nine months of your life. Yes. Remember, we said we weren't going to be back for another year. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? And that commitment was just a little too much for me at the moment, with just some things that are going on <sighs> in my life. And so I decided to uh, withdraw myself from the contract. And that leaves me open to return to Fear the Talking Queers before the end of the year. Yay! Oh, my God. So I'm back. That ship has sailed. And uh, let's party with this podcast. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Immediately when you texted me that you weren't going... I was like, okay, so we should start in October again? Yeah. So, yeah. like, when when are we starting? When are we starting? Yes. No, that was definitely what I was wanting to get back to immediately, too. I was like, okay, all right, we don't have to, you know, scrap the show. Uh, and what we were going to do is actually record a few episodes just for the yeah. month of October before you left. And then we didn't have to do yes. that. We could just sit back, relax, and really bring the excitement, bring a freshness, bring new blood into this new yes. season. Exactly. See, even in our absence, we were thinking of you, loyal listeners. Absolutely. Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. We had planned a whole like '80s flashback Halloween special, slumber party. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like it, a it was thing. cute. It was cute. But this is so much more our style, right? Like, uh, yeah. There has been so many things that have come out, and like we're so excited to talk about everything. Obviously, today we're doing bodies, 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 which we'll get to. We're also going to yes. be doing the Black Phone and Nope. So we know we watched those. We know how we feel, but we're going to wait to discuss those. Yeah. Until the episodes. We're going to uh, kind of work our way through all like the new films that are coming out. Yes. I mean, I think in 2022, uh, as horror fans, I feel like we've been fed pretty well. Wouldn't oh you say? my God. Yes. And it's just one thing after another, after another. Yeah. One announcement after the announcement. And then you go to the movies and you watch a movie in theaters and you see all the trailers and you're like, well, I haven't even heard about this. So, yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. There's still so many things like on the horizon that haven't even come out yet. And I know. Um, 
I don't know. I'm just really excited for it, especially with this time of year, too. Uh, it's just like all coming together in yes. this beautiful, beautiful, spooky moment. And it hasn't come it. out yet, but it's just a few weeks away, a couple weeks, a few days away is the release of Halloween Ends, which we learned a while back was going to be streaming on Peacock once again. Is that a good or a bad sign? Oh, God, I really hope it's a good sign, but you never know. I mean, I guess because they found so much success on streaming with Peacock last year. But, yeah. like, are we in the same place that we were last year? I mean, I, as far as, like, who was going, how many people are going to the movies, how many people aren't. Like, is that still? I haven't seen, I, haven't, I guess, researched I any know. numbers on that. It, but, I mean. It's hard to say. Because, like. I just read this article about the movie we're doing today, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Great reviews, great cast, great story, like really good movie. They were uh, hoping to open to a, a successful box office and it never even cracked into the top five. In fact, almost none of the movies in the top five were even getting, you know, the money that they thought that they projected they mm. were going to get. So it's been a weird time. Oh, I think yeah. Bullet Train has been the only thing to successfully like get like really? a good amount of money to be like, okay, Damn. yes, the movie still exists, I guess, but like they're really going out of style. And probably these huge, like, you know, tentpole films like the Marvel movies. I'm sure those have probably made a lot of money. Top Gun, you know, a lot of oh, money yeah. recognition. Oh, no, that's things, what it was. Sure. It was Top Gun Maverick. That was the last one to yeah. like, get into like the hundred million right. marks. That's not surprising. And that movie's very good. So good. it deserves it. But yeah, I mean, our, maybe the movie theaters aren't doing well. So movie fans, get out there and I don't know, watch in the theater. Yeah, back in September they did uh, for National Movie Day three dollar tickets. Yes, and that was a. Uh, I didn't go out for it, but my dad did. And he said that it was packed, 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 packed. Yes, it was. And the sad part about it was is that I went to see Bullet Train um, when when it happened that is back sad. in September. Just so <laughs> um, it was. Did you watch it? No, I'm it, just was it. it was fine. It was fine. It seems like it a lot no of like, Bill, but it was fine. You know, right? It felt yeah. like a lot of masculine energy that I was like, I don't yeah. Know. Joey King you was know, great like, in it. She's great. She's great. It, it was exciting, but also I I thought about it because I looked back and Spider Man No Way Home for some reason was back in theaters that weekend and like yeah, took I don't up know what that's three about. screens and so Bodies 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 wasn't even playing and it had only been out for like two weeks. So I'm like, that's so unfortunate. I wish more people would have seen it. But anyway, um, but uh, other than going to the theater and watching stuff, what else have you been up to this summer? Oh my god, um, you know, just lots of work, doing a little singing. I got, I, you know, I returned to the stage, I've darling. Been sing, darling. Yeah. For the first time since the pandemic hit, um, I, I was like performing in uh, San Diego, uh, California. And um, right. it was like an 80s wow. music spectacular. Um, it was so much fun. And, it, you know, it gave me that boost of confidence I've been needing to get back out there. Yes. And, uh, you know, sing for my for my coin. Oh. So Absolutely. Just sing for your coin. I can't wait to see <laughs> what else you're going to be doing with that now that you've gotten your foot back in the door. Yeah, stages, me too. Shaking me that too. ass. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yes. All right. What about you? What have you been up to? I'm burning up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, yes. 
you and the rest of the world. Literally, we're literally we're just talking about how our world is becoming like that cartoon in Z-Way where it's just oil <laughs> and desert everywhere and it's all everything's burnt up. We have no bees. We're all just like dying. Yeah. Um We're fucked, yeah. Yeah, we're that's totally That's just fucked. like that's just the truth at this point. We're just fucked and um I would be very sad bringing a child into this world or something. Like, what uh, are we going to be leaving them? I know. What are we leaving a them? A burnt up world. I know. It's horrific. It's horrific. And it's supposed to be right today with 113 degrees where I live. Yes, exactly. And for those of you listening in the future in October, we definitely recording this. Oh, yes. On like that hottest weekend. I know you're going to remember <laughs> it. That hottest weekend in September yeah. is happening right now. And for us, it's the whole week. This whole week until Saturday, we're oh, not yeah. going under 104 degrees. It's oh, disgusting God. what we're doing. What to about this the grapes? And people are what about s- the vineyards? Shriveled raisins. I hope you guys <laughs> like raisin wine because that's all you're getting out of the Napa Valley. Ew, Michelle. <laughs> Forever. Oh my God! Like yeah, your trail mix is gonna be all raisins. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you taste that bitterness in your that. trail mix? It's because they didn't know what else to do with the grapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> surplus I know but speaking of California um, I I started another podcast in your absence you did remember I said I was going to replace you well and you sure (laughs) did (laughs) no so the new podcast is called LA to the Bay it's with my friend Tony he lives in LA down by you I live up here so LA to the Bay you know of course does the word duh mean anything to you and just like us talking about the most disgusting thing (laughs) I'm just kidding some of them are (laughs) disgusting some of them are really are really far far out there and and disgusting but they're video podcasts which you can watch exclusively on Spotify so that's really fun ooh yes and then don't forget to tune in to OnlyFans for the second half of the video (laughs) yeah the part where we're just <laughs> our on camera. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the sight to see. Back to the raunchiness or being yeah. happy the talking clear. Yeah, so subscribe weekly for $25. Oh, there's some more exciting news that I have. I actually started working out. Mama. Oh my god. Do you see these Bitch, arms? you got arms. I, Look at no, that. I don't. But like, you know. Yeah, she's not Betty I'm Spaghetti so anymore. I've only lost like seven pounds so far. But when you think about it, when you put it into perspective, like seven pounds of potatoes, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't work out this week, though. It's just fucking too Wait, hot. Wait, what weighs more? Seven pounds of potatoes or seven pounds of feathers? They are both weigh the same thing. <laughs> how much? You almost how got many me, you think it would... <laughs> Yeah, you had to think about that for a second. <laughs> how many feathers would you need for like seven pounds of feathers? An insane amount. <laughs> like an insane <laughs> like, amount, right? Like, what kind of bird are we talking? <laughs> 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 but also, um, I stopped drinking alcohol. That one is crazy to me. Isn't that I shocking? That. It came out of nowhere. It was like one day I was hungover on a Monday, and I was like, "This is disgusting." Like, it's yeah. Monday. Like, control yourself. And then I was thinking, I was like, "God, I've been drinking on Wednesdays because that's when I record for the other podcast." And then I, mm-hmm. and you know, you get that loosen up. I did it on here for the first few months. Of our podcast, I just <laughs> drank and drank yeah. and drank. The first uh, few minutes of every single podcast <laughs> that, we've ever, the shots that we have ever recorded, taken, yeah, literally. And um, 
And so I was like, this is disgusting. And so I that was like, I'm going to just shorten it up. I was drinking like Wednesday through Sunday, which is just like outrageous. Like not shit face drunk, but you know. And I was like, yeah. I've got to get this under control. Like this is disgusting. So I thought I was going to like reel back and like modify. But I just stopped altogether. It's been like 20 days, almost a month so far. Wow. And how do you feel? I feel less bloated, which is crazy. Um, Great. I feel like... I don't know. I kind of feel the same. I think because I went, <laughs> <laughs> I think because they went California sober. So like, I'm still oh, there indulging in THC, but not the alcohol. But I, no, your Good. mind That's how it more should clear. be. That's how I want to be. Yeah. My prefrontal cortex doesn't feel like it's diminishing. You know, like I, I feel like oh, intact, oh, alert, aware. I don't feel as sick as often because I was always hung over. You know, I feel good. Yeah. I feel good. Good, good for you. Well, congratulations on your sobriety. Thank you. Um, Speaking of which, this is what one of our characters goes through in the movie we're doing today, (laughs) Sobriety. (laughs) Whoa. Our lives are honestly parallel to this movie, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, this is just a documentary about our lives. (laughs) The great part is, is that Jake, I know that Jake has watched this movie. Jake knows that I have watched this movie. And then we talked about doing it for the show, and I was like, honestly... After watching, because remember, you remember, if you listened to the, the fat past couple of episodes when we talked about Bodies, 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 I talked about how I wasn't excited for it. Like, oh, the, yeah, you, the yeah, you, that's true. Was disappointing. Yeah, yeah you were like, I don't know about this. Yeah, like, the, and then you were the one who was like, we need to do Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes, the reviews came out, and, and uh, we were like, oh my God, it sounds great. It sounds great. And then, like, they, we were all excited for the A24 slasher. And then, yeah. like, the trailer came out and like Pete Davidson was in it and all this like Ew. you know um, <laughs> trendy verbiage and you know the 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 terms that we right. have in this generation to discuss their, our behavior toward one another and I was like this looks stupid then I watched it and I was like Jake we have to open season 5 with this movie it is so us and I and, yeah. and I know that you watched it, but we have not discussed what we truly have we, thought yeah, about we it. Have, yeah, we really haven't. I don't even know if you like this it. movie. <laughs> I don't know if I like this movie. Uh-oh, okay. We're, okay, it's going to be a good discussion. No, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 let's get into it. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We're back. I know. We are back and we're about to jump into the synopsis of our very first movie for Fear the Talking Queer Season 5. Oh, by the way, are you guys loving our new marketing, our new logo? Like we oh my ditched God, those yes. old snaps, scratchy bitch, letters for those big blocky scream fonts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my the God. U it's looking amazing. For five. <laughs> yes. Duh. <laughs> Fear the talking Kavirs. Kavirs. <laughs> okay. Let me just put this out there before we get into this thing. I've been watching this these videos on, like, of course, scream videos. They always pop up on my timeline on YouTube. I'll right. click on them. And I cannot stand... When the YouTubers call Scream 4, Scream Forum. It is so... What? I've never heard that before. And then all of a sudden, it's popping up Scream Forum? Scream Forum. You know how, like, people were saying the Vitch? Oh. Because of the presentation. I'm dead. Yeah, the Vitch. Yeah. Yeah. Scream Forum. Oh, my... (laughs) So, (laughs) knock it off. Yeah, knock that shit off. That sounds... Dumb. Like I, you know, five cream was a thing, but they're legitimately yeah, five calling cream for a scream for them. I'm like, please stop doing that. It is please driving stop. me nuts. Anyway, well, with that being said, this is <laughs> bodies, bodies, bodies. Like that, like that. You did it again. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work. Okay. 
You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and, and you build a following. It takes a lot Bodies, 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 released in 2022, written by Sarah DeLapp, directed by Helena Rain. Our movie begins with a steamy makeout sesh between Sophie, played by Amanda Stenberg, and B, played by Maria Bakalova. The couple is driving to a hurricane party at an isolated mansion owned by Sophie's childhood friend, David. <laughs> I can't hey, not say that name without thinking it's freaked out. It's impossible. She, the way that she ruined that name for probably everybody. <laughs> David? The emphasis David. is on the vid, not the day. David? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David. David. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. Sophie, who is uber rich, is excited to introduce B to her friends, while B, who struggles financially, seems intimidated by the wealthy and impressive Instagram profiles of the group. Sophie and B arrive at the mansion where they find everyone in the swimming pool. B is introduced to the rest of the group, party girl podcaster Alice, played by Rachel Sennett, and her new, much older boyfriend Greg, played by Lee Pace. David, played by Pete Davidson, and his... <laughs> Davidson. Davidson. And his actress girlfriend Emma, played by Chase Sweet Wonders, and Sophie's ice-cold ex-girlfriend Jordan, played by Myhala Harold. The reception is awkward as everyone is surprised to see Sophie. The group hasn't seen her since she ghosted them and went to rehab. The tension is literally cut with a knife as Greg skillfully pops open a bottle of champagne with Greg's dad's sword. The group toasts to the incoming hurricane just as the rain and wind of the storm begin. The group excitedly runs into the house. Inside, David asks to speak with Sophie alone. B wanders the house solo and is soon approached by Jordan, who seductively warns her to be careful with Sophie. David and Sophie talk amongst themselves. He seems tense, and Sophie believes it's due to Greg's presence. David explains that Greg was a vet who served in Afghanistan with the army, but says he's not threatened because he feels he's more attractive than Greg. <laughs> As F. <laughs> <laughs> The attention shifts to David's black eye, a mark left behind by his brother Max, who took off after a scuffle the night before. Sophie then asks if David has talked to her parents. The question makes David skeptical of Sophie's intentions. B wanders downstairs where she calls to check in on her mom, someone she's been very worried about. She comes across the group making a TikTok with the viral song, Bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. Bored in the house and I'm in the house bored. <laughs> Is that a real song? It, it, got, it started as, you know, a viral video and then it turned into a song by Curtis Roach and Tyga. Oh, that's <laughs> annoying. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> the group gives her a drink and begins to interrogate her. We learn that B works at Game Hut and recently graduated from Utah State. She reveals this to the group while indulging in a huge piece of chocolate cake, which Alice warns is laced with weed. <laughs> the, <laughs> the group pre-games with anticipation for nightfall so the party can begin. Uh, Ooh, all right, yes. we're into it. The way this movie opens is hilarious because we have like this kissing and loving stares. You know, they're touching each other's vaginas. Yeah. Birds are chirping. Sophie tells B she loves her. And then cut to, they're like ignoring each other and viciously yes, texting. Yes, on the phone. <laughs> yes, it's really funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're it's like in the field. Or not even field. They're like on some hill or something, or, like in the forest. Oh, they pulled over to pee, yeah. I'm assuming. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And they're like making out. What do, how do you feel about like listening to people make out in movies? It's just- 
disgusting. <laughs> it's so it's gross. just as bad as people listening uh, or listening to people open their fucking snacks at the movie theaters. It's just the <laughs> most unattractive sound. The anxiety that I have trying to open my candy at like a loud part of the movie like is like, hurry insane. up before like, it gets quiet yes exactly and you're like i'm like sweating hoping like the music doesn't like cut out yeah you know and it's like silent i'm all oh like, no you know there's a bunch of old white people at our mo- local movie theater so it's like we oh, go yeah. and then the trailers are going and going for 35 minutes and then all of a sudden here comes the logo for the studio right it's about the feature presentation we're about to get yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody wants to open their fucking snacks. I'm like, why did you open those during the trailers? <laughs> I know. I, I should. I, yeah, that's the only way. It's the only anyway. way. Get everything ready during the trailers. I don't want fucking hear <laughs> yes. shit. Okay. <laughs> you better let them know. Oh, and then when we find out later that in so what, what's in Sophie's text, you know, watching them text furiously. Sure. This is yeah. totally reflective of the duality of this generation, like who they are online, who they are through text, who they are on the phone versus right. who they are in real life. So just all of this juxtaposition just in these first few moments is, is yeah. you know what you're in for, I guess. And it also feels like there's like uh, um, moments in life when we're present you know, she's telling her that she loves her yes. and they're having this like sort of sweet, intimate moment. They're they're making out. And then Scissoring. we have it's like we take breaks from life when we like just like zone into our phones. Yes. And we're like it, it's almost like yeah, like two different lives that we're leading. And it's like, you know, I, I can be present for a little bit, but our attention span only allows us so much, you know, and then mm-hmm. I have to check what the world is saying. I have to check my text. What if somebody's trying to get a hold of me? What are you know? So um, we're getting a lot of commentary on on phone culture, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, social media culture, but not so, so much social even media, that, just phones altogether. Yeah, just the way they've just taken over the, our lives. Just, yeah, phone dependency. Yes, I also love before we get into like what we think about these character introductions. Right. I love that going into this movie that we have this mindset that it's a who done it slasher film. Yeah. Which is that rare. is true. It, we don't get those a lot. Scream is the biggest one I can think of. And then like those cheap teen Netflix movies, you know, like right. the urban legend, it's, you know, all exactly. the copycat killers. So it's like right, right, right. I, going into it that, so you're focusing in on what these characters are saying, what faces they're making, you know, right. We, we yes. Did that with scream four with Jill Roberts. Like, you're going into this, right? So right away, I'm thinking, like, okay, Sophie's the killer. And she's, right, yeah. she's going to frame you... Miss, Miss uh, Bakalova for the murders. <laughs> <laughs> you had it figured out in that first makeout. Or they're in on it together. That makeout's weird, though. Well, it, And I was kind of doing the same thing, like, watching that initial makeout. I literally have in my notes, I'm like... I don't know. I was like, it seems like Sophie's eyes are open while they're making out. I was like, is she like not as invested in this as the other exactly. girl is? I was like, is she like, what is, is she say? like stringing her along? And, and it, it, that actually might be the case. I mean, what's what we come to find out later in the movie. Sophie asks me, um, what uh, are, are you nervous? It's okay to be nervous. And I'm like, they're planning this murder spree. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I think the marketing did like the movie favors in a way to where your 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 expectation is is a certain way. Like mm-hmm. I'm expecting a slasher, so I need to figure out who did this. And then the movie totally pulls the rug out from under us, and it's like it's not really about that at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, jokes on you. You have to watch. Yeah, it a jokes few on times, us, right? So the yeah. 
We get to introduce the character Sophie, played by Amanda Stenberg. And I think this character is written very well. And I think um, that the character makes me nervous because my interpretation of um, Amanda's performance is that it's all go with the flow, but it seems like yeah. they're going to snap at any moment. Sure. Like, I felt yeah, like that the it, whole time. Like, this person's fragile. I mean, this part, yeah, I mean, I think their performance definitely, like, conve- conveys, like, fragility. It also feels like maybe she doesn't uh, take responsibility a lot, and so she's, it almost feels like she's trying to just kind of laugh off, like, the person that she is. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like she's, like, incapable of taking, like, full responsibility. Um, yeah. Uh, of maybe how she's affected her friends or things like that. And also how we we find out that when she went to rehab and like distanced herself from her friends, and maybe she was trying to seek out a normal life. You know, this is why she's attracted sure. to babies. Just some girl sure. that was at game at the mall. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. Or she's trying to like, and, and I didn't come up with this idea. I read it, but it was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense that it was like, she's possibly using B as a way to prove to her friends how well she's doing. Yeah, that's a good one. She's too. like, look, I'm in, I'm in this stable, normal, quote unquote, relationship with this normal girl for six weeks. Like, like I can stay committed. Aren't I doing so well? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. she's like lying to herself and to everybody. But yeah, it's for show. And like, and so that does call into question. I'm like, why did she tell her that she loves her? Like, does she really love her? Is this just like, an like a, a tactic? I don't know. That one, I, I'm like, does she? Maybe she doesn't really care for her. And Miss B never says it back. So she that was not. another thing I kept in mind. I was like, okay, could be B or could they could be in this together? Because B's character is kind of so awkward and so quiet. And like yeah. the character is fine. I think Maria does well because there's just, there's only so much, you know, I don't know. There's so much exciting stuff going on in this movie. So she does yeah. play this with a silent strength because she doesn't have very many lines. So she really she had doesn't. to like shine through with like her facial expressions. Fa- and, yeah, like the physical acting. Yeah, because yeah. there's not a lot to the character dialogue-wise. Yeah, she's like super mysterious and you know, we get like her like small glimpses of her communicating with her mother, who obviously I don't I don't know if they have like a strained relationship is that if that's what they're implying, but um so there's like something kind of going on there that's never really fully fleshed out. I guess like it's just that she's worried about her because she has these probably manic episodes with her um, sure. borderline, her borderline personality disorder. And so it's yeah. like, well, I mean, and that's probably why, you know, B would be attracted to somebody like Sophie because sure. of the fragility. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe she's never like, she needs so much to be with somebody to prove that maybe, maybe she doesn't feel like loved by her mother or like she's never felt that fully because she's always been dealing with this other part of her personality yeah that like she's so scared of losing somebody who has shown some interest in her yeah and she feels like she's like constantly working to you know hold her attention that it doesn't allow her to just be herself right and and you can feel that nervousness and that's why I yeah think, uh, that's a testament to uh miss marie's performance is that yeah she's playing this nervousness very well because this is a very stressful situation we've all been there where we're introduced Ugh. with one we're just with our friend and they're like oh let me introduce you to my friends you're like great i'm being thrusted into this world of people right that all have relations with each other and here i am i'm gonna be yeah. annoyed 
Right. And also, like, it's not just that. It's like, there's a lot to say about, like, the class difference. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If you don't come from money, it's not that it's impossible, but it is probably hard to relate completely to people who haven't had that same or like similar experience. Oh yeah. You know, they've never had to worry about certain things like struggle for money or for, for anything like that. Yeah. That's how we create our chosen families, pick our partners, pick our friends. Yeah. Sure. Shared experiences. So like, yeah, here's a, here's a little anecdote. When I was in, when I just started college, um, and I, you know, moved to Southern California. I went on a grinder date with this boy who turned out to be very rich. And like, I'm not like you're not a gold digging hoe. Yeah, of right. course, exactly. <laughs> and um, basically, we just like really, really did not click. Mm. I mean, it was only one date, but the first thing I he said to me like when I walked out of my car, which was like. It was like an Oldsmobile Alero. It was like a normal person's car. And he like drove up in this like Lamborghini. Oh my you know, God. And, or a, I don't even know what it was. It was so, it was not oh. even a Lamborghini. It was like something. It was just like a fancy sports car. <laughs> and he was like, he like kind of made a dig at me immediately about my car. Oh, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I was like, whatever. <laughs> he walked up and said, oh my God. Oh my god, is that your car? I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were poor. <laughs> it, he might as well have said that. He might as well have said that. Because <laughs> oh it really felt like that. <laughs> and um, then we like went on the rest of the date and we were talking. And like there's some things that he was saying. I was like, I cannot relate to you. He was like, I don't understand the movie The Help. He's like... <gasps> All, all like the housekeepers and servants at my. I don't know if he said servants. No, he's like, but all the all the help. He's like, they all have their own bathrooms at my place. Like, I don't oh, get it. Oh, and I was my like, God. do you think that he was being like uh, ridiculous? I mean, he he was ridiculous, but like purposefully. No, it wasn't like he. It was like it genuine. Was natural, like genuine. Oh it my was God. genuine. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, wow. I was like, I do not relate to you at all. Never I don't gonna think happen. This is gonna, never gonna happen. Are you kidding it's me? Never so like, because just because it's something that I I don't share any sort of similar experiences as he does. Like no. we just come from different walks of life, I guess. And so I relate in a way to how she's feeling here because she's <laughs> like walking into this, you know, lion's den oh, of literally incredibly affluent and privileged kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is really scary because it's like. Not only are you having to prove who you are as a person, but you also have to try to like try yeah. or you want to try to keep up with them. Because she's already putting up a front with Sophie because she's yeah. she's lost her job. She's been taking care of her mom and she doesn't want to like embarrass herself by saying she doesn't have a job, she didn't graduate and all yeah, this shit. So exactly. I'm like, oh, what a horrible like union to be in. Yeah. Exactly. And like in and they make no they don't waste any time like making kind of digging at her the same way that dude kind of dug at my cars when he so she's like oh um you know she had to pick up a shift at, at her job so that's why we're, we came a day later and they're like oh where do you work and she's all game hut and they're all oh yikes. The, yeah yeah literally the looks on their face is exactly it's like the judgment yes you know what i'm saying and so yeah. i know exactly how she felt at that moment she's I was walking like, in yeah just like 
I, judged for your for your status or for where you work or <laughs> you know is is so gross, gross but it's, it's so real. gross yes but it is real yeah and the intro to this friend group and this is great because before we even see them we see that B is intimidated. She's looking at their Instagrams, yeah. which, they, which they don't show us, which I thought was great because usually in these movies, they do show us. Yeah. And then it kind of disconnects. <laughs> and it's disconnects. like, it's Ingrid goes west. <laughs> yeah. And then pretty <laughs> soon it's that. It's like, Phew. um, So like, yeah, we see that they're affluent and influential, but when shit starts going down, they don't have their phones, obviously, and the truth starts to come out. That's, you know, when we know. So I love that they're using that part of this generation's culture to create this movie of a horror comedy like it's like at this point then you're excited to see how this plot device unfolds in this sort of genre because we've only ever seen it like done in Mean Girls and Clueless and things like that but never in the setting of Scream you know or something that's influential to this movie so I'm like that's a smart idea that we're jumping into this scenario because it's a nerve wracking situation especially to, to not only go into it with meeting new people but meeting new people that you already have a preconceived notion about based on the descriptions I'm like exactly for for who they put themselves out to be you know these probably incredibly curated versions of themselves yeah so let's go through them you know we first yeah. meet Alice, who I think is just the best character in this movie. She, she is for sure the standout the... character. She's absolutely the character that you and I would absolutely be in love with. Oh, so. of course. Like, they made this a charming, ditzy podcast who <laughs> likes to have fun yes. at the party. Yeah, so it my God, like it's literally us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she genuinely wants to have a good time. She wants everyone to get along because she's the only one that gives <sighs> Sophie a warm welcome. Yeah, I think that my interpretation of Alice is uh, that she seems like the friend who plays every side. She, you know, right. she was probably she talking shit. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah, she, she definitely plays the fence and she doesn't, she just wants everybody to have a good time, but she for sure probably talks shit in a, yeah. I bet they're in a separate group chat without Sophie and I'm sure she fully participates. I bet she's a in, Gemini. <laughs> Oh, maybe. Does she ever say what she is? They're all adaptable. No, she never says what she is, but <laughs> extremely adaptable, like going from side to seeing everyone's point of view. But maybe, but yeah. I think underneath it all, it's just to bring everyone together. <laughs> sure. Or she's a fake phony bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. Or that, you know, but honestly, what she is is the comedic relief because, <laughs> and, but, but it's almost like Rachel's portrayal of Alice is realistic because I'm like we know this girl like yeah. some of us are this girl so it's like I, yeah. I even her I her it. line delivery is so good and natural when she's like she's like last time I saw you you were coked out pissing in a subway I thought you were, I thought an you were an NYU student <laughs> <laughs> like the way she delivers that line is so funny and so natural yes yeah oh my god well, even I mean all of her like and they're probably improv when she's like I love your podcast oh there's she's so like, much okay, okay we have a fan of the pod and <laughs> have a fan of the pod we've definitely oh, been yeah. there <laughs> yes absolutely that like a, a lot of these scenes I was re- like watching interviews and they talked about how much they did improv like yeah. they were all they all had to be like really good at improv to book this gig or something and and these girls I'm telling you they're they're fantastic Stars. and she's definitely a standout this when is it a comes career to that. Like, defining performance so, for her for sure <laughs> oh god a career starter a career starter sure a career starter I for would sure. say for sure I feel like we have more from her coming yes and um actually I heard she's gonna be in a new movie um have you heard about this the plot it sounds hilarious it's her and some other girl um that are at this high school and they're kind of like the losers and they want to go out their senior year with a bang we've heard this age-old story 
So what do they do? Yeah. They end up starting a fight club at their school, a girls only <laughs> fight club. So I'm really excited to see her in something like that. That sounds fucking funny. Oh my god. She she yeah, we there's big things coming from her. We meet Greg, her boo. Greg. Yes, Greg played by Lee Pace. There's not much oh to my say, god. but he's smoking hot. He is a tall glass of water, honey, and I want to drink it all up. Yeah, he's bringing a lot of charisma, a lot of charm to this cast with his old presence. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Uh, I know, but he's so, so handsome. And I feel like I also know this person. You know that, like, older, kind of hot, hippie ass hangs out with the young kids. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like I was like, I fully know this person. Yeah, <laughs> like, he looks like a good and, time, which is why I sure. think he's with Alice. That makes sense. Yeah, he's a go with the flow kind of person, fun loving. Um, probably yeah, probably very spiritual. We see him doing some uh, you know meditation. Yeah, he's yeah, he seems just like that that hippie I, dude. I love him. Oh my god, he's hot. Uh, okay, he's representing the gay well, which I like. He's gay. Did you, Yes, Lee Pace is gay. You didn't know that? I had no idea. Yes. Oh my god. He's part of, he's part of the fam. I need to date him. <laughs> Me too. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it together. And make okay. a movie about Aww. it. Friends. We're gonna be in Bodies, 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 part two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More bodies. Booties, booties, booties. <laughs> <laughs> booties. <laughs> the porno version. <laughs> yes, the booties, porno booties, version. Booties. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. You guys, who wants to fuck booties, booties, booties? <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. Yes! <laughs> okay. We got to get to it. David, played by um, Kim Kardashian's ex boyfriend, Pete Davidson. Okay. I will admit, I was not excited for Pete to be in this movie. It was the whole. I didn't know he was in it. When we were discussing the, you know, all yeah, the behind sure. the scenes stuff. But once I saw that he was in it, I was like, it kind of took it down a notch for me. I was like, this is... It, a, seems, it seems like gimmicky casting. Gimmicky casting, yes. Because there was so much hype and then I wasn't excited. And with that being said, I actually do think he does a great job with this movie. He does because he plays exactly who I would expect him to play. Yes. In this movie. We said that. We we're like, it's not going to be a stretch character wise. But I think right. he's gonna die first, and this is and we're right. we're right. We d- we absolutely were correct. Oh yeah! yeah spoiler yeah. alert. Oh sorry, sorry. Spoiler it's a new alert. Movie. Uh, I think <laughs> we'll just be going on demand shortly before this episode comes out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I read somebody was like, honestly, they're like, I was like not excited for Pete Davidson to be in this movie, but then they're like, I think about who he is and like how he's like a famous person who we don't really know if he's even talented or not like sort of plays into this movie about like these like social media influencer type people. Yeah. Like he he falls into that. Like absolutely. He's sort of like famous or influential for no reason. Cuz I've never seen any yeah. of his movies. This is the first thing I've ever seen him in. I I've is seen he him in, in other movies. In SNL. Yeah, like The I've, King of uh, Staten oh. Island. He's in 
Right. The mother shit with this little boy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him in like so a few skits from SNL and then yeah, just kids. a shitload of Twitter pictures or something. Yeah. And you like know? the, the like, drama, the Kim and Kanye and all of that. Like it's so yeah. ridiculous. Dating and, all these women. But after seeing this movie, I was like, he is definitely a talent that could benefit from turning the volume down on his personal life and just going to work. Like just. Sure. Sure. Of your course. Mind, put your mind where your money is. Right, because this character is so unlikable to me yeah. that I, it's so easy for me to be like, well, he's just playing himself. Maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not true, Maybe but it doesn't seem like I've seen much range from Mr. Pete Davidson as far as like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's the a stretch. The one thing that he says in this beginning uh, section that I'm like, ugh, is when he's like, I, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not, I, I think I'm better than him. Cause, and she goes, oh, what what features are you bringing that? She's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like, I look like I fuck. Like, okay. Ew. That obviously was improv because it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I look like I fuck. Yeah, you I know, like, I look like I fuck. That, sound, that was good. That was a good spot on impression. It's like, oh, She's God. Like, oh, I was okay. like, of course that's something you would say. I mean, I, he's obviously playing into, like, this, like, deluded, like inflated sense of ego spoiled brat yeah rich kid you yeah, know yeah, and yeah. I, I, so it i guess it works because it, it sounds it does so- sound like something somebody that of that d- caliber you know, i would say of that yeah exactly, or, perhaps, exactly. yeah oh you made his girlfriend emma played by miss Wee from generation <laughs> yes oh my god yes that is what she's from i was like where yeah. have you seen this girl oh that's why we were watching and joey goes i know that girl i was like you're you like do? yeah whatever you're, you're thinking like, the whatever. character. Like, who's the yeah. friend is he talking about? It's like Emma. Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's great in this. I think that this is a complex character. And I think she does well keeping the character grounded and not... Sure. Because I think that you could have played this one of two ways. I think you could have went to the level that Rachel took Alice. But I don't think this character needs that. I think that yeah. that character's dialogue and, like, that idea of her is already up there. So bringing, like, a groundedness to it makes the character very realistic. Where, like... Her yeah. entire personality is centered around what's trending on social media. That makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. I know. I feel like her her character is the least descriptive. I feel like there's a lot of words we can describe all these other girls as hers. Or they're like, oh, she's an actress. She's an actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's I, she's of the of all the girls to me she's the least memorable. Maybe not not to not to immediately criticize. Well, and maybe that is. A testament to her performance because sure. you know the girl nobody really does know who what she's like i mean it seems like she's like i left greg and they're like but did you it didn't seem like it like no one can really read yeah. her so maybe that is right uh, a work that she does then we meet jordan jordan's a great character also like a stone oh yeah bitch like once her character is introduced i started focusing in on her as the killer I was like, well, yeah, yeah, because she would be the obvious choice because she's mean. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when she goes up to warn Miss B about Sophie. That is like a hot mess. I was like, oh my yeah. God. But also like, there have been similar situations in our personal lives that have been like this where you're like, okay. yeah, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> you know, okay. I hate being introduced to a group of friends, especially when I'm like, doing my own shit and I just ran into somebody or something and you start to meet the friends and there's always one person it seems like that's like oh (laughs) yeah I'm like I'm the bitch of the group like yeah no that's me I'm like oh shut up like shut the up I'm the bitch of the group Jordan's the opposite Jordan was somebody who won't say anything when you meet her and then all of a sudden you start to find out that she's a bitch 
Yeah, She's and then stern. yeah, and her intimidation tactics are crazy. And like when you think about it, like going into it thinking this is going to be some sort of slasher movie. Yeah. Like you it kind of looks like oh she's she's trying to intimidate her and scare her but but in reality I think it's once we find out why yeah she's so focused on this like Sophie B relationship like you're like oh this is you just being like a petty bitch like yeah. trying to intimidate this girl's new girl but I think she plays this character fiercely. She does. She does. She brings a lot of toughness to the role and I'm yeah. really buying into the performance and I think what does these characters so much justice is that the character or that the actor is really committed to the dialogue. It's like, Oh, for sure. One of those things where like, it's a satire, but if you're in a certain age group or like, you know, you can't really, you don't really know how to, yeah, you don't pick up the nuances. Yeah. Yeah, That you could literally sit through and watch this with a straight face and think that it's, that there's no humor in it. You know what I mean? Like almost like watching Scream at a young age and thinking this is a really scary movie. But then growing up and learning about those jokes and learning the nuances and all of that and then being like, oh my God, this is a a whole satire. I had no idea. I could see somebody being like 13 years old watching this and being like totally invested in where the characters are going and what's happening and then growing up and being like, that movie's actually hilarious. I didn't even realize Yeah, that. like when I look back on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're taking it seriously because they are. But Right, exactly. I, but, I, but I think that in a way almost like, I don't want to say alienates, but I feel like there's a whole older generation that does not understand what's happening or what they're talking about. Maybe not. Because when I saw it in theaters the first time, nobody laughed throughout the movie except at the part where Pete Davidson says that he likes to fuck or that he looked like Yeah. I was like, what? That's the funniest part to you? Yeah, I was like laughing. I mean, there weren't that many people in my theater. Sorry. But, um... Yeah, no, mine neither. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was laughing like at several times and I was the only one. So I was like, okay, well, all right. So I think you were kind of hinting at this Wait, earlier. wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. Wait, sorry. We forgot... The other really important character, um, the zucchini bread. Oh, yeah. It's zucchini uh, bread. <laughs> I, I don't know why that part makes me laugh. It does make you laugh, zucchini too. Bread. I laughed in the theater when she said it. She's yeah. like, oh, I brought you a gift. I'm like, what is it? It's zucchini bread. And they're looking at her like, yeah. it's zucchini bread. It's zucchini bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like. Like they couldn't understand her saying. <laughs> like they couldn't understand it. Yeah. And then later, uh, again, unlikable character. And he's like. Yeah, she's cute in like a school shooter way. Like, oh, my zucchini bread. I'm like, oh my God, I, I hate <laughs> I, I know. I'm like so annoyed. So, okay, Helena comes from the theater, the director, right? So she had these yeah. actors rehearse their lines over and over like it was a play. But this allowed her to do longer shots and film bigger sequences without cutting. Yeah. Which also opened the room for these wonderful nuances and this great improv dialogue, which I think everyone does a really good job without, like we mentioned. And we have some great things in this section that do contribute to this idea of it being a Gen Z satire. But it also kind of feels like it appeals to us, like younger millennials. And I say younger because we were born in the 90s, not the 80s. Yeah. Right? Because like, okay, millennials are defined from being born 1981 to 1996, and then 1997 and above are Gen Z. But like, I feel like Miss Alice podcasting feels more of like a millennial thing. Yeah, like, she, yeah. Like some of that more mature social media. Is, not that like this show is mature, but like, sure. you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I don't think Miss Alice is, is mature either. But yeah. It just seems like, I don't think Gen Z's have the, the, um, attention attention span span for something like listening to a podcast 
And I, th- I think as running a podcast for so many years now, we do find that our age demographic of listeners is between 25 and 34, which would make them yeah. millennials. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's probably an accurate way to look at it. But also, like, there's something about, like, our generation as, like like millennials still like having an awareness of what Gen Z is doing, but almost thinking it's, it's like stupid or you're not stupid, you know, or just like, I see it. Yeah. I see it. I don't really understand it, but whatever, let them have their fun, you know? And so we are still able to kind of grasp it more because we are aware of it. We just look at it and go, Oh my God. Like, like, yes, I, I'm on TikTok, but, like, I don't post. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Whereas, like, Gen Z was, Which like, you know, yeah. dance, dance, TikTok, dance, TikTok, blah, 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 you know. Which, yes, is an important character in this movie as well. This is also we're introduced to TikTok in this section, yeah. which is a <laughs> yes. much bigger Gen Z thing, right? Like, TikTok requires a lot of effort and a lot of time, which yeah. I think Gen Z has more statistically than millennials right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're all trying to be that next generation of influencers, much like the characters in this movie. Um, but have you ever gone on TikTok and scrolled through lives? It get, actually gets kind of freaky on there. So no, I, I I do not use TikTok. I have it. I have the app. You have that. But I can it. tell you, I've maybe opened it. I can count on my hand, maybe five times ever. You know what? What else I think contributes hugely to this uh, that could be a character in itself as well is the casual use of multiple drugs. Because it plays oh, yeah. a huge role in in one of these people's lives. Well, actually, almost in all of them. I think this is even why their think their thought function isn't <laughs> sharp throughout the movie. Because there's this whole talk about how much drugs they've done and and uh, Sophie's yeah. sobriety and stuff like that. Because the casual use of multiple drugs also feels like a Gen Z thing. Like the 60s and 70s had right. like weed and hallucinogens and. The 80s had like coke and crack, and then like the 90s had meth, and the 2000s had like, uh, uh like oxycotton and stuff like that. But it yeah. seems like these Pills. days we have all of those things, but then we also have like painkillers and benzodiazepines like Xanax and uh, yeah. Valium and stuff like that on the street. So like kids these days are fucked if they choose a life of drugs because the way Gen Z does them, like it just. There's a complete cauldron stew of drugs going on out there. And all these news articles that I read about young people accidentally overdosing because they mix two medications that, like, do not go together. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that's such a cringy thing. Yeah, and exactly. And I think that, you know, there's so much more accessibility to things. Like, you know, we're about to pass, like, legislation soon about like legalizing hallucinogens which has never been a th- you know a legal thing you know like mushrooms and and stuff or like yeah things like that mm-hmm. and so i think gen z just has more access to it and they're so i don't want to say they're numb to it but i think our generation obviously has been taught about the dangers of drugs whereas now their uh their generation is more about like these are the benefits of drugs you just have to use them you properly and things like that so like their relationship with drugs is so much different than even our generation is and so it's so casual it's just like yeah i I smoke weed yeah i'm california sober i you know also you know i'm doing coke i'm doing that you know it's like that's true it just it's just a different (laughs) i'm sober i'm not drinking alcohol but i am i'm so smoking thc and crystal meth (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i think when we've what first intrigued us about this movie, which I kind of wanted to mention before we move on any further, is um, the 
the idea that they said this was an amalgamation of Clueless and Scream, which was mm. instantly the thing that drew us in and got us so excited. Of course, the it's our true favorite movies. And then I thought about it as a comparison, <clears throat> and I'm like, well, so far, they it, it does fall in line with those two movies because we have a bunch of rich characters, and let's. You have to be rich to live in Woodsboro. You have to be rich to yeah. live in Beverly Hills. Oh, okay, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So these are like this is a movie about rich people problems, and um, yeah. it does like, champagne combine, problems. Yeah, and it combines the the major issues in Clueless and Scream. Clueless being the the lighting concepts <laughs> for the phones <laughs> and the the um, glow sticks. And the then glow um, the murder mystery of Scream. So it's it is it is kind of a blend of both. I can see that. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that for sure. Yeah, it definitely falls in line. And then you know is is brimming with satire, just like like Scream and Clueless did too, as a sort of a comment on their generations. Yeah, for sure. Let's get to the hurricane party. Yes, get it started. The party has started. Everyone is high and violently dancing to Azalea Banks' hit, 212. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to put that in there because I have a note about it. I was in the 212. You know what's up or don't you? <laughs> I can't believe that song still shows up in like every movie. <laughs> Literally any movie where like people in their 20s are, or teen, late teens oh, like, are partying, yeah. it's Azalea Banks 212. Literally, like, I was watching an interview with the cast of this movie, and even um, Rachel Sennett brings it up. She's like, because the question that they were all answering was, what's your favorite A24 film? And she said that hers is the bling ring. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and they also have this amazing dance sequence to 212. <laughs> and it's that, like, shot of Emma Watson, you know, bouncing yeah. in slow motion. <laughs> with her, like, bangs. Uh, yes, her bangs. Her face. Jordan watches B and Sophie kissing and seems jealous. Meanwhile, Emma um, and David make out. I think that jumped ahead. Oh, wait, no. Sorry, I was on the wrong page. Oh, my God. You and your casual drug use. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan watches B and Sophie kissing and seems jealous. Meanwhile, Emma and David make out, but she stops because he keeps aggressively biting her. As Sophie calms David down, she sees that B has a new dancing partner, Jordan, who is obviously trying to get a rise out of Sophie. Sophie cuts the music and suggests they play the game Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Emma is hesitant because she explains things always get tense and someone ends up crying from the game. She then asks David if he's heard from Max. David is enraged by the question and pushes her off his lap. He invites Alice to the kitchen to rail some lines of coke. Greg seems put off by this. <laughs> There's something about saying railing lines of coke that's just <laughs> makes it that much more special. Not only does he do that, but he also eats her lollipop. What a travesty. David! David! Uh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> The game begins. The rules are everyone pulls a piece of paper. Whoever pulls the paper with an X written on it is the killer and must kill a victim by tapping them on the back. The victims must play dead as the rest of the players yell bodies, bodies, bodies and try to figure out who the killer is based on who they chose to kill. To initiate the beginning of the game, the group sits in a circle and proceeds to viciously slap one another across the face and take a shot. B has a hard time giving David a firm slap, so David demonstrates by punching Greg. He brushes it off and walks away as the group finishes the slapping. The 
This is fucking insane. Does this actually happen? I have never played a game that's roughly... Well, okay, that's not true. Have you ever played Bloody Knuckles? Oh, God. I never played it because I'm not an idiot, but, like, I know of Bloody Knuckles. I I feel like my brother used to play it with the neighborhood kids. Uh, It's awful. It's awful. But, yeah, this is not... I would never be playing a game that starts off this way. Apparently, Miss Helene said that she used to do this in the wings of the stage before she would go on for a stage performance. Her and her friends would sit around, slap each other in the face because it would give them adrenaline for going on stage. Wow. And then she she said also gave their cheeks a nice little blush. I was like, oh my god, bitch. No, just one cheek. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just one cheek. Just one red handprint on the side of the face. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But she didn't say which cheeks. The lights are turned off and everyone goes their separate ways, waiting for the first body to drop. It isn't long before Greg is found dead. The accusations begin with Jordan accusing David. David and Greg, who is actually still alive, have a tense face-off and as the tension builds, Greg decides to be the bigger man and go to bed. David brings attention back to the game by accusing Emma. He calls attention to the unattractive swallowing thing she does when she lies. Al's throws shade by suggesting maybe that's why they aren't having sex. David becomes <laughs> furious with Emma for talking about their relationship behind his back. David insults Emma by saying she's a follower and has no thoughts in her head that are actually hers. His volatile behavior causes the entire group to accuse him. He storms off. The girls return to the new round of the game by exchanging slaps once again. Suddenly, the power goes out, including the Wi-Fi and cell service. Dun, dun, ah! dun. A nightmare. They go looking for David, who they think is playing a prank on them. B wanders off alone and suddenly hears a bang on the window behind her. It is David, pressed up against the glass. His face and neck are covered in blood. The girls run outside to David's side and discover his throat is slit. He dies in Emma's arms as the girls freak out and run through the storm to get to Sophie's car and look for help. However, the battery is dead because B accidentally left a light on in the car. They are stranded. Oh my god, that's what she gets for checking her makeup and forgetting the zucchini. Literally, I know, but I mean, at least you can tell that car was already like having electrical issues because she couldn't even get the window all the way. Oh my god, the car is falling apart. I'm like, yeah, which I relate to too. Oh, I know. Aren't you rich? (laughs) No, she's cut off. Oh yeah, she's cut off. (laughs) So at the top of this section, there's this whole party sequence. Jordan's dancing with B. We've all been there. Someone's trying to make us jealous. Or we've been in the position where we're trying to make someone jealous. I've been in both sides. Of course you have. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some great moments uh, in this dance party. And th- uh, that starts like the the base of a lot of tension that plays out throughout the, the yeah. movie. Well, first it's, off, it's, a little, it's, it's almost like warfare, like this dance sequence. Yes. It's psychological how it's like warfare. playing out. Yeah, it's like this like psychological war- warfare being played between these girls. You know, because we got Lee and we got, you know, B. Lee and B. Lee who are and the, B. these two these two little newbies over here and and um They start dancing. Yes, they start dancing. They're having a good time. They're just sort of living their own life. Here, here comes Alice. Excuse me, bitch. Yeah. Oh my god, she like full on shoves B out of the way. Yeah, that's like me. physically pushes her. <laughs> like, could you imagine? I would be so well, I'm embarrassed if I was. I'm like, oh, like squeezing in <laughs> pa- between two people dancing because I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, there, there's a difference between squeezing in and what she did. She like <laughs> fucking <laughs> pushes her ass. I'd be like, uh, I'd be, that'd be embarrassing for B. 
I know. Okay, let me tell you why I brought up such Azalea bitches. Banks. Azalea Banks. Oh yeah. Okay, this song two and two. You know how you know my relationship with Azalea. Like they're all of her you controversies. I do her problematic behavior. I know, but I just soak up her artistry. Okay, so but this song two and two it made my who done it antennas go up. I and I now I realize that I'm just ridiculous. But <laughs> because the just song now? is Azalea basically being cocky, but when it gets aggressive and she's basically like yelling, like uh, the, 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 yeah, the, lyri- the lyrics are, what you going to do when I appear, when I premiere, bitch, the end of your lives are near. So I'm like, okay, who are they showing while this part is playing? You know what I mean? Mm, because like song no choices way. are always just mishaps. So I'm like, sure. Jordan. <laughs> Cause she's the one she's like dancing and like, um, you know, then oh, your yeah. lives are near and she's having this face off. So I'm like, somebody in this face off is the killer. And I'm going with Jordan. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. All right. Work, work, work. Yeah. She that's seems a, that's the a... smartest. Clever. She seems the most calculated, the most cold. The look, the look that she gives Sophie, like I'm convinced that she could be any of these other girls' asses. So like, I'm going with her. Because it is <laughs> well, a different that's scenario. Not, that's not true. Because she does get her ass whipped, but she does get her ass um, whipped. But but it's a difference between that and then like you know Alice just basically shoving B away from Greg. <laughs> 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 and then the tension between David and Emma with the the kissing and the yeah yeah and the aggressive biting. Because this is when we start really getting the. Um, the lengths that David will go to to try to compete with Greg, you know, uh, this yes. kind of goes back to the "I look like I fuck" kind of conversation, right? I think it's probably David trying to prove in front of Lee that he's like this, like dominant, aggressive alpha man, male. yeah, alpha male. And honestly, I'm sure Lee could give a fuck. Like that guy does not care, yeah, at all. He's like this and is like Emma's a little like, boy, and, yeah, and Emma's like caught off guard by it she's like what what are you doing like this isn't who who you are you're obviously like putting on some sort of front yeah is the subtext that i read yeah because i think helena rain even said that david represents white straight cisgender male toxicity and the yeah. vanity that comes with that like the pressure of these old-fashioned men that wanted you know they want to be strong and um, the character P. Davidson plays obviously represents all of those val- those that toxicity, the toxic male. Yeah, absolutely. He is the toxic male. And then we get to the idea when when they start arguing over this bodies, bodies, bodies. First of all, would you ever play bodies, bodies, bodies? Yeah, I don't know if I would enjoy it. That I don't know if it's I, like it doesn't seem enjoyable, right? Because it doesn't. It seems like it's not just a matter of like doing the murders and getting away with right. it. It's like also about doing the murder and then trying to figure out who did it. Like, are, are you? Is your intention as the killer to frame somebody for it? Yeah, exactly. Like, what are? And we, we never really clearly know the rules of bodies, 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 which kind of makes, I would say, puts us in B's standpoint or one of the outsiders who don't 100% understand the rules, but you're playing with people who have their own set of rules you know mm. you know when you play games of people and it's like people that you've been playing the same game with forever you have your own rules yeah it's like beer you know? pong like you and your friends play it one way but right then you go to another party and they're like no 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 house rules are this and yeah like, exactly well, i don't know what i'm doing you're like i don't and then you're like kind of lost and i feel like that's kind of it kind of puts us in that place where we're like we are what what is the objective here are we is the objective to 
frame somebody to tear somebody down like what is the parameters you're using to Mm -hmm. decide who the killer is now they're using like personal things about each other like oh you're swallowing weird you do that when you lie and it's hard to do that as somebody who's never played the game before with these people right you don't know what's going on you're like i don't know i would assume it was david because it was greg who died and obviously they're not getting along so yeah of course so it's like that was a good choice for Jordan, who actually is the killer in the game, to, you know, do that yeah. to set up somebody else. If I were to get the killer card, right? Yeah. I'm the killer. Am I supposed to kill somebody I don't like in real life? Exactly. What if it was just like a whatever decision, you know? Or like... What if it was just like, oh, I saw them first and I tapped them, I killed them, but they're like... They're, the way they play, it seems like you have to have a motive in real life in order to kill this person. Or you could be like, okay, well, I'm going to kill this person because he it's the person that we know the least. So Oh, sure. Yeah, like, obviously I'm going to kill him because then anybody could have done it because anybody could have chosen, us, chosen sure. him because we don't know him. Or, like, you know, if you want to pin it on somebody else, like if I were playing with you and Joey, I would kill one of yeah. you guys because then it would make it seem like the boyfriend's a killer, obviously. Right. Like, who else is he going to feel comfortable tapping on to drop dead? Exactly. See, in in all this discussion we're having right now, I feel like really encapsulates probably the feeling of, like, there's so many ways that this could be played. Is it personal? Is it not? Is it... You know, what yeah. What are my tactics and how, how do I navigate this playing with people who know each other very well? And, it's and I don't. It seems like that is what gets them into trouble because then that's when they start yeah. arguing and start getting, making it personal. Yeah. Like Emma yeah, gets they take it all personal. quickly defensive. And then we have this great line where she goes, well, you're always like gaslighting me. And then there's this discussion of... Um, Emma being a follower and using these misusing these words so that was kind of an interesting concept because one of the videos that I watched to prepare for this was by some YouTuber I wrote down his name because I thought it was important Karsten Runquist so he has this video breaking down the way this is a satire of Gen Z and a lot of it was and actually I thought about that for a second I was like this is kind of like a satire of Gen Z, much like Clueless was a satire of Generation X, and like yeah. uh, Mean Girls was a satire of Millennials going to school at yeah. that time. So I was like, okay. And one of the points he made was th- about the use of words like gaslight, toxic, silencing, ally. You know, even the t- the tagline where it's like safe space. This is a safe. This is not a safe space. Was the tagline? Yeah. And so, which are great great words and terms to use when they're used properly. But young millennials and Gen Z have a particular way of overusing terms and then applying them to situations where they have no place. And then that leads to the misuse, which then leads to people rolling their eyes and writing it off as... Right, so the the word has less meaning. Yes. You know, because it's like just another word that everybody uses, which is exactly what David kind of brings up. He's like, it's a dumb word. He's like, you know, which it doesn't mean anything. It's It's not not a dumb word at all. It's not she's not using it right like in a way like she's not using it it's this is not the situation to use it in i guess sure if that's I mean, always making a uh an absum- an assumption and everybody already said that emma's the one who cries first when they're playing this game so it's like i think she's already reading too much into it or am i wrong uh, i'm him i'm toxic I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe um, you should be canceled. No, um, <laughs> but it's ironic. I guess her use. No, it is. He's not it manipulating is. her in any way, or like trying to. Right. It's almost like the the, yeah. the like really flippant way. It's almost like how serious does it have to be to be 
called gaslighting, you know? Like, is it, if it's, this is just a little casual, we're playing a game here and, and, you know, and we, I call something out and I tell you that you're wrong for that. And you say, I'm gaslighting you. Like, is that the appropriate time or is it, like or are there times throwing it around? Yeah, exactly. Or like, is there a, only an extreme use clause mm-hmm. when it comes to using a word like gaslighting? I will say there are a lot of these moments in this movie, which we won't point all of them out, but the trailer was like riddled with every thing yeah. that they used, you know, to kind of bring it to the yeah. Gen Z culture. And so I was like, this is going to be extremely overdone. And I think they do it just enough to make it a satirical yeah. without overdoing it. So, right, um, exactly. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like on the nose, but not like in our face to yeah. where it was, the, it was subtle and, and it was effective as opposed to being heavy handed. I guess that's how I should explain it. That's when I realized that this movie really is a great satire. Like we said about, um, like scream, you know, like when you're watching this young, you probably have a different, you can have any, everybody can have a different interpretation of whether this movie is more of a, a horror or, you know, drama or yeah. more like a horror. And I think that's what satires do great is when they're not, when you don't know, it's not like scary movie territory. It's like sure dark comedy territory where it's like, it's yeah. almost like um, Clueless and Mean Girls when you watch it knowing they're comedies, but also you can say, you can find the realism in it. Or if you watch a movie like Scream that is more realistic and then find the comedy in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think this movie is a brilliant balance of that. I agree. I agree. Exactly. Sophie being the one to suggest playing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies with yes. all of this thought into it. What is that? I oh, I was literally thinking of that same shot too. Because David tells her, he's like, hey, he's like, you gotta better watch out for Jordan or whatever, who's over there dancing with your girl. And she looks at she looks at them and like the camera stays on her for a long time as if she's like super calculated, as if she knows like bringing up bodies, bodies, bodies is going to cause some shit. Yes. Like, is she like almost like forcing them to confront themselves? Like she knows where this goes every time. Yes. So to exactly. suggest like, it just then seems calculated right 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 exactly she's like i can put an end to this by bring up bodies 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 a game where we will end up none of us will end up liking each other by the end of the night and and why not bring it up because already it's a bad night first of all everyone's doing drugs and drinking and she's sober so that's it that's irritating and then on top of it jordan who we know their history together and then b their history together these worlds are starting to combine and the tension is brewing and david hasn't talked to her parents you know nobody wanted her there so she's like let's play bodies 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 fuck all you guys (laughs) yeah fuck all you guys let's just like let's just fuck this night up yeah and it's it's kind of weird it does almost like make her look suspicious in some sort of way if we're still like looking at it like this is gonna be a slasher before we find out what this movie actually is yeah um i do feel like it is a bit of like a red herring shot you know Mm -hmm. the cell phone service is lost the wi-fi is gone and this is kind of a funny comment about the narcissistic culture of gen z because not once do they ever consider that the storm blew out the power I've watched it four oh, yeah, times they're... now, and no one ever says the power. The, the storm blew out the power. They, they, it becomes someone's playing a prank on us. Like, God, yeah. someone's mad, and then when they find David, they're like, someone's trying to kill us. It's like that is almost like narcissistic to think that. Like, 
He yeah. was outside oh, for during sure. hurricane winds. Like anything could have slit that through. And not once do they ever think it was an accident or it's they an accident. immediately yeah. jump to they're being targeted by a murderer. It, there's so much like toxic narcissism in this. They don't even use their brains to like figure out that. Yeah, it's probably a <laughs> sto- the storm that did it. Like, let's all stop and examine David, the David. Yeah. David, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they... They don't stop to think. They just immediately want to jump to conclusions. This is happening to me. It's that that mindset that, why is this happening to me? You know? But when the lights do go out, we soon learn that we'll be spending a lot of this movie in the dark, both figuratively and literally. (laughs) Which I think um, is strongly acknowledged in the movie poster because it's like very, you know, they're all relying on their phones and uh, Alice's glow accessories. Um, to to illuminate them, <laughs> um, and they actually had to do this. Like they actually had to shine their phones on each other for the lighting in these scenes. Yeah, I wrote my notes. I said only lit with iPhone cameras, which is probably not completely true. But like the totally, main lighting source, yeah, is, is is like iPhone cameras, which is like really cool and it's really disorienting. Yeah, because you're not really seeing where they a are lot, ever. No, yeah. and in the south, and this house s- is like a labyrinth. Yeah, literally, you don't ever know what room you're in. And in the South by Southwest interviews, um, Mahala Harold brought this up, that the light sort of becomes its own character, which I think is kind of true because it looks like maybe in post-production, they gave it this like ethereal like glow to it. Like this kind of like so soft- To the iPhone lights? Yeah. Like they added yeah. like almost like a soft filter over the glow of the phones and the flashlight so that it looked soft and not sharp and crisp. You know, sometimes it's right. sharp and crisp. Oh yeah, and you get those like flare effects on the screen. It was never that. It was always like this, like like a like a beautiful cloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I like that. I think it adds um, to the narrative. Style. Yeah. I think it adds to the narrative because these characters go from superficially using their phones to hide behind their facade, and now mm. they're using it to illuminate what's really going on inside. Oh my god. Oh, mind Whoa. blown. Right? Jesus Christ, we're all out the fucking Pulitzer <laughs> for journalism. <laughs> Oscar award winning territory. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> my god. No, that was brilliant. I loved every second of that. Okay, going into this with the mindset that this is a whodunit, examining the death scene for days David, everyone could be the killer except B. Really? I mean, well, I don't none know. Of them are I don't wet. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't think there's any way that Sophie could have been the killer too, because she walks in the room literally two seconds later. Oh, that's true. Completely dry, and she, and she's the second person to see David, but she's not wet. I mean, I don't think she is, and we only see her for two seconds before they run into the storm. But I, know. I don't think she's wet. We never get to see if anybody else is dry. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, but I immediately was like, there's no way that it could be Sophie. She's not wet. And he was outside. I mean, he could have easily walked inside. Somebody could have killed him and he could have walked outside. And then, you know. My immediate thought was that he went outside and something blew against him and sliced his neck open. Sure. I think I was still in the mindset of, oh, somebody did this. Yeah, I think as the movie went on, I started to reevaluate. Yes, yeah, me I'm too. Like, wait, as I go, I was like, wait a minute, this is not the truth. I was like, nobody's, nobody's doing this. <laughs> what? Okay, so before he died, what did you think about his range of emotions during all of the buildup for this? What about his performance, beats of performance as David? What did you think? Like, were you 
Because I know you've given a lot of hate to him so far. <laughs> um, I think he does well on the scene. I I don't really understand the best defense is a good offense moment that much. I'm still trying. Like, I think he was trying to do what he did to Emma, where he's calling out, "Yeah, like, do you even know like what you're saying? Are you just saying that to like say it, or is there an intention behind it? Tell me now, you know." Like he does with Emma, like there's not a single yeah. on your head. Like he's an asshole. He's an asshole. Yeah, I exactly. Think, but I but, was... but I think he like plays those moments well, and then when he gets all pissed off and punches that thing, yeah, he does well. Yeah, or when he punches Lee in the face. Yeah, I mean he he's like, I would if I were Lee, I probably would have murdered that man. Yeah, I would have. We would have fought. Yeah, for sure. We would have fought for sure. And I don't fight people, but I don't know. No, if that that's dude just like. Sucker punched me in the face. I'm surprised they like never that. once start fighting, like even shoving. Yeah, I'm like because you like because he's because Lee, he's a Zen man. He's a Zen man. And he's a he bi- was meditating he's a man. We saw okay, him meditating. He was in yeah. So he's from that. Is he a millennial? Is he's like forty? Jesus Christ, that's the millennial in this movie. I he might be. Is it, okay, what what's the millennial year? Yeah, thing? to 1996. <laughs> <laughs> but it starts in 1981. Oh, okay, let's see when Miss Lee Pace was born. Yeah, we have to figure this out. I, while you're looking that up, I will say that um, Pete Davidson, I think you're right, he did well bringing that character to life in those moments. But I will say... 79, was, sorry. Oh, so he is Generation X by a, by a yeah. hair. Damn, by a hair. Oh, thank God. That makes me feel a hell of better. Um, <laughs> but Pete Davidson, he does well in that range of emotions. Um, but it's actually funny because when you do watch the interviews, that he he wasn't really on the press tour for this. So when you watch the interviews of all of the actors, uh, aside from him saying, who surprised you most? That was the question that I think they asked a lot because they knew the answer. And they of all course. said Pete Davidson. And one thing that I think Rachel Sennett said on a podcast, of course, that I heard, um, was that... Like, you've read about him in the tabloids and you know he's a comedian, but what he delivered was a fantastic performance and that that's why he surprised them the most. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what turned me off of this movie is his life. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't want to watch him. That's true. I guess I was adding a lot of preconceived judgment to, a, you know, to a performance that I could have looked at objectively and maybe enjoyed. So you're right. Yeah. But I, think, I would say he surprised me the most, but I also didn't have expectations from any of the other actors. Right. We don't even <laughs> really know any of them. Yeah, exactly. Have you seen Shiva Baby? No. It's on HBO Max with Rachel Sennett. It's really good. I've not seen that, but I've seen the second Borat starring Miss Maria Bakalova. I, that <laughs> I have not seen. Oh, and she's fantastic. She, do you know she's, she got an Oscar nomination for that? I know. That's insane. She's, no, she yeah. won, didn't she? No, she did not win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she was Oscar nominated for the Borat sequel. That's insane. And yeah, good for her because I honestly I honestly watched that movie and thought that girl That's how she was got never going to work again. Helena yeah, Rain said that she loved her performance so much that she sought her <laughs> out to be in this movie. I mean, she is for sure a standout in that film. I honestly was like, oh my God, this poor girl, she's never going to work again because she's never going to out outlive what she's had to do on screen yeah but good for her this is the first thing i've seen her in since and i'm like okay miss maria you got chops 
Amanda was actually um, the one of the first ones to audition for the character of B and not Sophie because that's oh really she said that's or they said that's what they're most comfortable with was playing like the shy young ingenue uh, oh you know coming into but I think I think they do really well as Sophie I don't see them as Sophie. Yeah, I think they conquered the role of Sophie very well. I'm very, yeah, I'm very pleased with her performance. Very pleased, very pleased. So, okay, what I've learned in my sober processing as well, because I use this app that kind of monitor, tells me how many days I've been sober, and like also gives me like facts and journaling opportunities, right? Oh to my like, God, cute, right? Isn't that cute? But okay, one thing I learned about was how when you drink alcohol and do hard drugs that the prefrontal cortex is compromised so that you're not able to make rational decisions or um, or act or behave appropriately. So like when you're suppressing that part of your brain, your brain then starts to access other parts of the brains that are not as um, mature or as... Um, as trained as the prefrontal developed. cortex developed that's the word i was looking for <laughs> so so the other parts of your brain don't know how you should respond to behavior which is why you act out and be stupid doing you know regular things like walking really so um yeah so i think that's also a very important part of this movie is that these kids are they're they keep mentioning the fact that they're all under the influence that they're all high and that they've yeah, all done like, we're all on coke we're all yeah, coked out they keep saying things like that so I think in a lot of ways that's contributing to the irrational decisions and the inappropriate behavior and just be not not having that part of your brain working to stop you from saying what you truly feel for the sake of other people's feelings you're just like oh, whatever yeah. you know I'm fucking drunk I don't give a fuck you know yeah uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> that that age old thing you know that <laughs> yeah. All right, shall we move on? Let's go. When the girls get back in the house, Jordan discovers the sword Greg used earlier outside in the mud. Only now, it's covered in blood. You see what I did there? Oh, shit, Dr. Seuss. I'm Dr. Motherfucking up in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so Alice begins to wonder where David's brother Max is, wondering if he may have killed David. She explains that the night before, they all did shrooms and Max confessed his love for Emma to the group, which led to Max punching David and leaving. Jordan shifts the focus to Greg, wondering where he is. She insinuates that he may be David's killer. Jordan grabs a meat cleaver to look for Greg as Alice nervously tries to deflect her accusation by saying that as long as she's known Greg, all of two weeks, (laughs) he's a good person because he's a Libra moon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my favorite line in the whole movie. I know. He's a Libra moon. That, that says, says a lot. lot. <laughs> when she realizes she's not doing well at clearing his name, she tries to yell for Greg, but is silenced by Jordan. The tension in the group rises to another level, and the group notices Emma is missing. They all go upstairs to look for her. As they search, Alice suggests that Emma may have killed David due to their relationship problems. They enter Alice and Greg's room. Greg isn't there. Sophie notices lines of coke set up on their table. They also discover he packed a survival bag, complete with a hunting knife, rope, and a map with their current location circled. Suspicious! Why is the address circled on this map? <laughs> it's that, it's hard, it's, I was the only person, again, in the theater who laughed at that part. Because <laughs> she's so funny. 
They then search Jordan's room where B notices Jordan's yellow lacy bra. They find Emma bundled up under the covers of the bed. She seems to be having some sort of anxiety attack, so Alice offers her some Xanax. Naturally. Of course. And she chews it like a psycho. I know. I hate hearing the crunch. Oh, sorry, like, I shouldn't say that. That's ableist. <laughs> they act like they act like they're eating Smarties. Yeah, I know. It's all Xanax. <laughs> I was like, ew. Jordan continues to lead the manhunt for Greg, which leads them to the gym where they find him relaxing with his seasonal depression mask on. When he wakes up, he is under the impression that the girls are still playing the game. He playfully chases after them. He soon realizes the stakes are real when the girls reveal David is dead and they believe he is the killer. He knocks Sophie's knife out of her hand and forces everyone to drop their weapons. The group begins to feel threatened by Greg. Jordan, Emma, and Sophie try to attack him. As he and Sophie reach for a dropped knife, B clubs him twice in the head with a weight, killing him. Alice still isn't convinced he was the killer, but Jordan says the likelihood of him being the killer is high as he was a veteran in Iraq. (laughs) Alice argues that he was not a veteran. He was a veterinarian's assistant. (laughs) And the reason she's been calling him G.I. Joe was because he's smoking hot. (laughs) Brilliant writing. (laughs) Thank you. I wrote the synopsis every (laughs) time from scratch. Jordan continues her theory because he was the one they knew the least, but Alice shifts focus to B, noting that she's also unknown, and so far, the only person they've seen kill anybody. Just then, B vomits on herself. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I would have done when they found uh, David's body is look for, or is like, wake up Lee. I keep on calling, you know what? I called him Lee like a million times in this podcast. Yeah. What is wrong with me? His I name had- is Greg. His name is Greg. I know you've been listening now for about 20 minutes thinking, who the hell is Lee? Who the hell is Lee? I meant Greg. I was Lee thinking Pace. Lee Pace. Yeah. Anyway. I was following. They got it. All right. All right. All right. I would have gone and woken up Greg immediately. Right? Absolutely. You just let, let somebody sleep upstairs while somebody's like literally bleeding out of their neck. And this guy supposedly was like a vet. A vet. Uh, they, yeah. they thought like a veteran from Afghanistan. Maybe he could help keep this man alive. Right. Also, but, but I again that feeds into the comedy of this all. Like, it's funny that they jump to the conclusion that David was murdered. Like, I do, I, I would not have jumped to that conclusion. It doesn't make much sense. Like, and yes, you're right. I would have immediately went to Greg, but I guess in the context of thinking that Greg probably killed David, you're not going to wake mean, him up. That's, that's true. All right. If somebody would have run up and checked on Greg, and if he was legitimately asleep, I would immediately rule him out as a suspect, as the person who killed David not two seconds ago. Okay, let's be honest. We have horror movie minds. We're at a party. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's, let's equate... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what right? you're saying. Right? Let's equate Greg to Andre, right? Andre's okay. dead. His neck is slit open, and we find a sword covered in blood. What are we thinking? That he was murdered or it was an accident? I mean... Murdered. I would hope he was murdered. <laughs> yeah! That's I'm way more that fun. I can be the central focus. <laughs> and I think these characters have seen Scream. I think they know where this is going. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I know. There was a part of me that was, like, watching this. I was, like, slightly embarrassed because I was, like... I feel like I would probably assume that somebody murdered him too. Yeah, but I, I would shouldn't. assume this too. No, because there's a lot. It's a logical explanation. But also, I would think that it was a logical explanation that the murder weapon just so happens to be expertly used by a guy who we saw using it earlier. It has to be him. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, it is. 
a possibility. And so I do understand a little bit where these girls are coming from, that they jump to this conclusion. And there's a lot going on. Like, you know, the rain is pouring, the wind is blowing, the thunder is crashing. It's like they were like, like the scenario or like the sorry the the environment probably influences setting as well it's spooky the lights are out we're stranded you know this reminds me of when i was i wonder if i've told the story but me and my friends used to play a game at our neighbor's house right and it was uh remember that i feel like we've talked about this that show fear on mtv that they used to have where they like used to put like contestants in like a mental institute or like a like an old oh. abandoned prison that used to have a bunch of murders in it right yeah well me and my me and my friends we used to play that literally in our neighbor's house and we just turn off all the lights in the house and be like you have to go to the bedroom and sit there for 15 minutes in the dark and for some reason i would do it you know when i would do it like it was just another fucking day no big deal but all the, with all the lights off all of a sudden i started scaring myself yes. i started like coming up with everything in my mind like Oh my God. Am I seeing something? Is there something in the corner? I was obviously very young at this time, but like it reminded me of that where it's like, I wasn't thinking rationally when the situation could have been dealt with. Like I could have just sat there and been like, I'm just sitting in this room that would have been completely fine if the lights were on. But instead I'm like, maybe there's a ghost in here. Is somebody in here? It's like when you're watching a movie that has that influence over you, like you're scared of it. And so when you're going to bed and turning all the lights out, you're not thinking about it normally. You're thinking about it in context of the movie you just watched. Right. Exactly. That's why people make a big deal about like, after you watch a scary movie, they go check their shower or check their back seat. Oh my God. It's like, okay, had you not watched that movie, would you have done that? No. What makes today so special that you would get murdered? Because that's where your (laughs) mind is. Yeah. That makes sense. The storm, the ambiance, the tension, because also I think when they start, when Jordan starts accusing Greg, I'm like, is it because it's Alice's guest when we find out what their friendship is really all about and like the fakeness behind it? Like, they obviously have Honestly, some tension in their friendship. Yeah. So is this a self-serving accusation? Well, maybe. Honestly, Jordan escalates the majority of what happens in this movie. Yeah. She, she is, she's to at the, the forefront end. of every conspiracy theory that they have. Yes. And she is, she is a dangerous friend to have around. Because anytime somebody else brings one up, which we'll mention later, she shuts it down. She's like, no, that can't yeah. be it. That doesn't make any sense. What I'm thinking is right. And it's like, and I get where she's coming from. Like when she like pulls out that knife and she's like, I'm protecting myself. Okay. I get it. But also like that, that kind of stuff escalates the situation. It scares everybody around you. Like, wait, am I not taking this seriously enough? Like maybe there is a killer. Like her actions don't (laughs) lead to a rational way of thinking. No. And at this point, I think that like this dialogue that they're having here is so hilarious but this is one yeah. of those moments where, like, it's hilarious, but I can see myself being the age that I was when I was watching Scream on repeat and thinking, taking this so seriously. Like, Alice <laughs> yeah. is just is describing, like, I've known him for a long time. And they're like, a how long? long? time. And they're like, she's like, uh, uh two weeks. <laughs> like, <it's>, uh, <laughs> and that he's a Libra moon. That's why, like, it's so just- Funny. The first time we met, we met at a bar and he drank like a medium amount. <laughs> you don't ask someone's middle name for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. It, it's it's so, I love the dialogue here. And I love how yeah. committed they are to making yeah. this dialogue feel as natural and realistic as possible without yeah. being like 
tongue in cheek about it. Like, wink, wink. Isn't that funny? And Rachel said it was talking that a lot of that scene was improvised. Like, even her being like saying that she's being silenced was improvised by her. And mm-hmm. um, they loved it so much they kept it, obviously. But she said that in that scene particularly when they were shooting it she's like everybody else was making me so nervous by how they were acting like when they all like <laughs> it was it was like rehearsed but it wasn't like and yeah. the choices that the other girls made to like kind of start leaving her at one side of the table and going to the other side she's like it was legitimately making me nervous she's like so I felt like I had to defend myself more and so that's why she was like she was like legitimately like flustered like trying to like defend herself Think as Alice more things <laughs> yeah. yes it was I was like that is so brilliant they said that she was so funny but like she was like I was legitimately like she was like, why is everybody moving? Like, stop moving. She's like, please. Yeah. She was like, in it. And then when they, uh, and then there's also like some brilliant lines. Like when Jordan is like having the meat cleaver in her hand, it's like, just, it looks like you're grabbing a meat cleaver to go look for my boyfriend. Like things like those <laughs> yeah. lines are so funny. Yeah. Like it, those lines do remind me of Clueless. So I love those lines like that. And I love when they stop fighting. Like she's like, you're silencing me. You're silencing me. We've been spending all this time with them laughing yeah. over this dialogue. And then we cut to where like, they're like, where's Emma? And then we cut to them, like you said, like, yeah, like being Scooby-Doo. scared of that dark room where yeah. they're like going up the stairs, their flashlights and the music start, the score starts. Yes. Which again is done by um, Disaster Piece from It Follows did the score yeah. for this movie. And 100%. It's so obvious. <laughs> this, this, it sounds like the same score. Yeah, yeah. We discuss in detail Disaster Piece's career in our It Follows episode. Go listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but the score here sounds and, the same and it works and still great. Oh, for sure. And also, like, in this moment, like, again, going back to the phone thing, like, these girls don't have their phones now for support. Like, they can't, like, background check Greg and be like, look at his social media. Like, who is he actually? They don't have that in the moment. Or they can't Google him or, or yeah. they don't even call the police. Like, and so now they're sort of left to their own devices to, you know, figure this out. And one of um, Helena's, uh, the, the sort of like thesis statement is that yeah. for this movie for her it was like do people are people civilized in these situations or do they become animals and that was right. sort of like her approach to this and it's true because it's like they're animals it's proving that these particular girls become animals in this situation they're yeah. just like unhinged to or like and, wild and I'm like what untamed. if they did have their phones if they could pull up his Instagram would, and this is what I bring up. Yeah. Like, not even like calling the police, but like looking up Greg's Instagram, being like, you know what? He goes on a lot of hikes. He's always super well planned. Their survival bag makes sense. Right. Now. Also, he does work as a veterinarian, not a veteran. There's not a single picture of him in the military. Right. <laughs> Look at him with at the office with these dogs. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh there's so many like easy, quick things that are at the fingertips of, uh, you yeah. know, everybody nowadays. But when all of a sudden you don't have access to that anymore, you start to draw your own conclusions about people. Yes. And all of a sudden he's the, he's a, a killer. Psychopath. He's a murderer. Yeah. Because yeah. like the, when they open the survival bag, they find the knife, they find ropes, they find the map with the circle on it. And it's very logical. Like there's a hurricane outside. And while yeah. they obviously have never thought to plan for a hurricane because they haven't had to, Greg has and so but in this situation because we're in the dark room by ourselves yeah we are thinking oh my god he's the murderer he's the killer yeah so look at this turning this something is so logical some into something sinister is hilarious absolutely exactly and, the, and it gets these girls in some fucking trouble because then they decide to find him and confront, confront him, him. 
with his light mask and on. That's a funny yes, exactly. And that's <laughs> another thing. They see this light mask on him. They're like, "What the fuck is that on his yeah. face?" They start like this light mask is- for seasonal depression. <laughs> yes, and they yeah, and then they automatically assume he's like some you know Michael Myers with this mask on <laughs> just because it kind of looks freaky. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh my god! And he's wearing a mask. Yes. <laughs> no, that's for seasonal depression. Um. The- this scene in the gym is really well done. And I, again, an interview um, that I cited, the same interview that I cited earlier with Rachel Sennett, she was saying that this was the first film or the first scene that they filmed. And this is where they all really decided what, how they were going to portray the rest of the movie because they still hadn't quite gotten together and sure. figured it completely out. So they were like, are we going to wink at the audience or are we going to be fully invested in this world? Yeah, are we going to commit? Like, that, yeah. This is really happening to us, and it's fucking scary. And they decided to go with "This is really happening to us." It's fucking scary. Yeah, which I think is was the brilliant choice oh, made by absolutely. all parties involved. Yeah, I mean, God, you have to commit to this, or else it doesn't work. You know, if they were winking us the entire time, they'd be yes. like, Meh. especially but when I we mean, get to the end and we've been treating this like a whodunit slasher, and when we get to the end, we're like, oh my god we fully are invested yeah. in the world just like they are like we're, we're yeah we, we bought it we bought into yeah, it yeah the slasher scenario we've totally bought I it. know and poor greg in this situation like he is un- innocent and you know he's sort of vilified for just being an outsider and and not not and for being a man honestly and for being a man for yeah. sure and, and helena literally talks about how she purposely killed both men at the at the beginning oh yeah i believe she that. said she said, we wanted to say something in a playful way that men need to die first. Also, I want juicy, funny, and wonderful characters for women. Allow them to shine, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. She said, we definitely wanted the men to die first and have the cause of the death be male toxic behavior and competitiveness. And so that was like a legitimate comment totally. they were making. That's a great... But, they, but uh, in a darkly way. humorous way. Yeah. Uh, and they And she did that so well here. I think that it's really well done and and the crazy part is is that I do believe Greg when he's like I didn't do it yeah. and you know I'm like I totally believe him and I love the way it's played but these coming into it from their perspective because when we're watching these horror movies especially slashers we're always in the female perspective of looking at this from yeah. a female's point of view like who are we going to be scared of the man with the knife of course right so yeah. it's like it makes sense and it's funny but it's also like a commentary like they literally killed him because he was a man and statistically right what they knew what they thought they knew of him was you know statistically that would make him a killer and that's why we had to get rid of him and it's actually not like he was actually like a decent guy <laughs> right exactly and also there's something about like you know, these girls get together in what seems maybe like a moment of female empowerment, but instead it just causes them to murder an innocent person. Like they're standing yeah. together against this evil man or who they think is evil and they end up committing like a really heinous crime. It kind of is the Helena quote that you mentioned where it's like, yeah. do, you be- do you remain civilized or do you become an animal? It's like they revert to going with their gut instincts and like acting on um, on acting on emotion on emotion and survival instinct and you know and but it's all wrong like everything's yeah, wrong and I'm, all, and I'm I'm mostly surprised in the scene by Sophie she's the one that like I I kind of had seen her as sort of more rational up until this point but then in this moment she's the first one to be like you fucking murdering motherfucker whatever and I'm like yeah I'm like whoa it's like she fully is is in this she's not as skeptical as I thought she was 
Right. And or like rational. Which I don't know why I would assume she was rational. Right. She's, she's a drug the, addict. She's just, a drug. <laughs> just, just a drug addict and alcoholic bitch. <laughs> I also love that um, Alice is persistent that he's not the killer. But as soon as he starts chasing her around playfully, she she's screams screaming for her life. <laughs> yeah. She backs up against the ball. Yes, she's <laughs> screaming for her life. And then, so then we end up getting to the... Well, first of all, Jordan again fucks it all up. They are finally getting to like a little... like a. They both put their weapons down, right? Yes, yeah. And then, and then she from the side decides to jump on this man. This seven foot tall giant man. I didn't even she- realize that. First of all, when he uh, when he's laying down and they first walk up to him and they are sh- they're they're showing us an angle from like his thighs up. Yeah. Oh my god. Legs so for hot. Days. I want to like be so in between his thighs for sure. Shit, you could probably stand on <laughs> completely s- straight up and still be between his thighs if he was oh. standing over you. Yeah. So his hot. legs are so long. Um. Yeah, so she kind of, again, escalates the situation by not letting him have the chance to explain or ask questions. Right. And then we have, um, you know, this, this we have B coming in from behind. It's vicious. It's brutal. What compelled her to do that? She sort of is also an outsider. Also, she sort of, she is an outsider in the situation. She spent her time trying to prove to these girls at the beginning, like, not even prove, but like, Kind of seeking the approval of them, yeah, right. So well, maybe it that's feels why to me like, right, exactly. So that's how I interpret it. I'm like, is she like, she's like, I have to prove myself. Like, I'm gonna protect these girls, and then maybe they'll like me. I mean, we we come to find out later that she's done a lot, you know, in the name of trying to prove herself. You yeah. know, and she's gone to all these lengths to lie about who she is in order to not be disappointing, and so. This almost feels like the most extreme version of that, where like she's like, maybe I can win. Thing. Yeah, or like I can win these girls over if I protect them, and then she ends up killing this man. Like I don't necessarily think that she does it, like for malicious reasons. Like, yeah, I think she. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a, kind of self-serving in a way that she does this. Well, they keep talking about how this is a uh, that a lot of this narrative is the narcissism the conceitedness of that yeah. generation so that makes sense that everything they every choice they make is self-serving yeah right exactly <laughs> to me this feels like a self-serving act maybe she was genuine in like wanting to protect them but i feel like she's hope it will also give her like brownie points with them but yeah. then it kind of backfires when they're like when they decide it's not him <laughs> and then she's just murdered somebody and they would rather scapegoat her yeah. Then take full responsibility. Yeah, that that's such an interesting perspective. I never thought about it from her being like trying to make you know them yeah like her. That's such a because by the end of the movie, B has changed. Like her priorities oh. have changed. Even yeah, like she wants to after all of that, still wants to read Sophie's text. So that is yeah. really interesting to bring it up now. That. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's my interpretation of it. So. She's being swallowed into the vapid, shallow world yes, of these kids. She is. She is. She's still desperately trying to be one of them, even in this ridiculous scenario they put themselves in. Unbelievable. All right. Well, let's keep going. Who's next? <laughs> Emma runs off as Alice and Jordan chase after her, while B goes to change her shirt. 
Meanwhile, Sophie returns to Alice's room and snorts the coke she saw earlier. She then joins Alice, Jordan, and Emma. Alice is still pondering if Max could be the killer, but Emma jumps to his defense and Sophie quickly puts her down by saying she's trying to make this about her and she didn't love David and she never left him because she's a coward. Emma defends herself by saying Sophie is the toxic one and everyone was relieved when she went to rehab and didn't have to be dealt with anymore. Sophie finishes the argument by wishing Emma had died instead. B finds a new shirt to put on and begins washing the blood off of her body. Emma cries alone and Sophie frantically searches for David's secret drug stash. Emma, now relaxed from the Xanax, finds and awkwardly kisses Sophie. Sophie gently rejects her and offers her the drugs as an apology. Emma takes them and strangely shuffles out of the room. She does strangely it do was, that. It was like a little rat going away. Yeah. It was like, it was like, like okay, bye. Scary. And she's just sort of like, she almost looks like she's, she's like floating, like she's not bending yeah. her knees while she walks. <laughs> Alice finds herself alone, wandering through the dark hallways of the mansion. She hears a scream, then very loud thumping. Terrified, she rushes to find the other girls, but quickly trips and falls on top of Emma's dead body. Emma is covered in blood and seems to have a large gash around her head. It appears she was pushed down a flight of stairs that are also covered in blood. Alice uses this to prove that Greg was not the killer. The girls contemplate what to do and who the killer could be. They notice Bee's change of clothes, thinking it's weird she washed up and she's even put on some makeup. Alice begins to question how well Sophie knows her. Jordan reveals that she looked up Utah State grads and B was not one of them. Alice decides B is a threat and kicks her out of the house, forcing her into the storm. B takes refuge in Sophie's car. As she rummages through the car, she notices a pair of yellow lacy panties that seemingly match Jordan's bra she saw earlier. B tries to find her way back into the house. She sees Jordan through a window loading a gun. She then finds her way back into the house through a dog door. She arms herself with a hammer and confronts the group, revealing that Jordan has a gun. Jordan empties out her pockets, no gun. However, her paper from the game displays a large X, revealing that she was the killer in the game. Oh my god. Okay, so look, at the top of this section, I don't know if this is a writing thing or a blocking thing, but this is weird. So it goes from Sophie and Emma arguing to to Sophie finding drugs and then Emma kissing her and Sophie giving her the drugs. And I don't know if there was supposed to be a, a scene in between. Big lapse of time where we're seeing B changing and wiping her legs and then we see Emma crying yeah. in front of a mirror which I thought was really funny uh, that she's <laughs> watching herself cry. She's an actress. She needs to access these emotions. Yes. I need to remember what this looked like. That, that um, was research. And then Sophie rummaging through game boxes looking for drugs. I don't know how much time that was supposed to be, but it literally looked like she was like, you're a fucking coward. And she, they stormed off and then she found the drugs and they met back on the other side of the hallway. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't know if this is a writing and editing or a, just a weird, I don't know. It just felt like a weird change in time. Yeah. It, yeah. The editing is a little strange in this moment. I also feel that way about what happens after. Yeah. I was like, I feel like there should have been more, uh, clarification on if Emma took those drugs or not. I was kind of confused. Yeah. I was like, oh, are we supposed to assume that she took these drugs and then fell down the stairs or was pushed? When you play it out in your head, it seems like she literally shuffled away from Sophie. Took took the drugs and then fell down the stairs and died. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it makes... 
it's kind of strange it's how this weird, works. Strange, yeah. It yeah, is, the editing it is. is a little strange here. Oh, what I want to say about the conversation that happens between Emma and Sophie is like, oh yeah, really strange because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Emma kisses Sophie, and um, right, I'm like, why was that a choice? Yeah, why was that happening? Well, um, I read, oh. according to uh, Miss Helena Rain. She said that Sophie's character is based on a character called Platonov, uh, a Chekhov character. And he's on stage the whole time and he has relations with all the other characters and is hiding everything. Sophie is a love bomber. Sophie is one we all fall for. And then she's very obsessively in love with B, but she can also be obsessively in love an hour later with someone else. With almost everyone, she has a history or a flirt. Even with David, she says he used to be her preschool boyfriend or whatever. And then everybody has a relationship with her. In my mind, she definitely has something going on with Jordan still. So she's like, so Sophie's like this character. And it is true when you think about it, like every single character almost, except for maybe Alice and Lee. Lee fucking shit. If I call him Lee one more time. (laughs) Alice and Greg. Oh, yeah. Because David was her first boyfriend. Yes. She has a thing going on with Jordan. She got a thing going on with B. Emma's Emma's like, isn't this what you want? They've obviously had some sort of flirtation. So she's mm-hmm. like this, like that's sort of her thing. Like she's like a love I, I like that a love bomber. Like she's like that yeah. girl who is like capable of just like switching her her affections or who she's flirting with at any moment. Yeah. Right. And that makes her dangerous. Yeah, for sure. She is dangerous. But then yeah. also it, it, they kind of brush it off as, um, oh, Emma always thinks everybody's just in love with her. Right, yeah. She's been obsessing this whole time about how Max... And it's I'm like, has she ever even paid attention to Max? But now that he's confessed his love for her, and maybe now she's like, oh my God, where's Max? Where's Max? Because she wants that kind of attention. Yeah, probably. And maybe she, maybe she knows that Sophie's so... Her head is easily turned. That maybe in the desperate need for attention, she's like, well, Sophie will, if I flirt with her and kiss her, maybe she'll, she'll give me what I need as far as attention. She doesn't give her that, but she definitely gives her drugs. And this (laughs) leads her to her terrifying body. I was like, oh my gosh, the way they lit the face from the low angle was horrifying. It looked scary. I was like, oh my God. It is really scary. And this was actually inspired directly from the documentary, The Staircase, which I guess uh, uh, Miss Rain is a, a big fan of. Cause, do you know the story of The Staircase? Have you watched any of those documentaries or the HBO show? Uma Thurman? No, not Uma Thurman. Tony no, Collette. Tony, no, Tony Collette. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, where, where they, that Uma woman either, either fell down the stairs, was murdered on the stairs, or attacked by an owl on the stairs. Like, have you seen that? Yeah, no. it's crazy. Yeah, so, and she was, like, found dead at the bottom of the stairs, and there's, like, all, you know, they can never figure out exactly what happened to this woman. Uh, okay. And so she's, I, I guess, obsessed with the, this documentary, and so Emma's death is, like, a direct homage to the staircase. Oh, that makes a hell of a lot of sense, because we do not know what happened here. Yeah, we're like, what? Took yeah, I was like, nobody heard her scream, nobody heard her fall. All we heard was her body falling. No, there was a scream. There was no. a distant scream. Was that there? Alice hears. Oh, okay. So then, and never like, mind. Oh my god, who just screamed? You know, <laughs> and then she falls on top of her. And I love that Alice character again. She just makes the character, the way it's written is what makes you fall in love with the character. I, yeah. Because I love that Alice's character takes this new death to prove that, yeah, no, I told you Greg was not the I killer. told you. 
<laughs> she's so funny. Oh, I also love when she brings up that there's a pattern. She's like, oh, I know. Oh, who's the killer? Don't you see? It's following <sighs> the same pattern. God Demon damn it. Emma. I'm like, that is so embarrassing because that would fully be us. <laughs> literally, literally. Because I was like, like saying they're dying in order of how they were accused. Which yeah, Jordan, and, but Jordan just like quickly takes it because she's like, that's not even how it went. She's like, that's not even how it went. And she's like, shut up, shut up. She's like, <laughs> she's like, whatever. She's like trying to equate it to that. She's like yeah. trying to make it something it's not. It's, it's an order. I just like Scream 2 and Scream 3 did, girl. Yes. They're dying exactly. in order they would in the script. And then everyone starts <laughs> right? Yeah. The names are the same as Woodsboro. Then they ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last time you hear of that. Yeah we, yeah, we scrap these ideas as soon as they're introduced. I feel like they definitely listen to our podcast. and Oh, yeah. That, well, I, like, yeah, Alice is for sure a Fear the Talking Queers fan. <laughs> yeah, no, she's definitely a Fear the Talking Queer, for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so then we have this, like, kind of moments with B where she, like, goes upstairs oh. and she changes her outfit. But she, like, and- puts on this, like, red sweater and puts on makeup. And they're like, girl, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you, you look weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That line is so rude. It's They're so, so rude to her. It's so rude. Because by this point, Alice has like had it. And B yes. specifically, because not only does she dance with her boyfriend, but she also killed him. <laughs> so she's like so pissed at her. And she goes, Oh, where did you get that shirt? You look weird. <laughs> but why did she put on and like, did you put makeup on? And oh I think uh. I I think that she's still trying to be a part of this. Be a part of this. I think she's like, I don't know if she's like cracked. Like when she like killed Greg, she's like, you know, losing her mind or something. Yes. But I feel like she was like, I'm going to put on makeup and, um, you know, still trying to fit just in. Just as good, just as terrified. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and like... And he, yeah, she's already like a victim to their cruelty. Like she needs to this like is when it step becomes, up like, her game. Primary bullying. Like Alice is like, we don't even know her. And she starts pushing her. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, we don't even know you. And she's, and she's like, stop. She's stop. like, I don't want you in here anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, stop. And I love when she goes, no, you killed my fucking boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally pushes her outside. In the I'm hurricane like, storm. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. Like, that is so cruel. But also, like, what is her deal? Like, why did she put makeup on and stuff? I don't know. I'm thinking it has to be because she's still, like, trying to look put together, look fit in. I don't know. Like, and then this is where the tension builds up. Because once they kick her out, she goes in the car and changes again. And then... The way she's eating and like wiping her face oh. and stuff is. I'm like, oh my god! I was like, they haven't eaten in probably forever. But I'm like, that can't be true. No, I was like, <laughs> you're. I was like, oh my god, they're Maybe so hungry. The They've been in that house for three days without food. I'm like, oh wait, no, they haven't. It's They've the been same, there for like an hour and a half. Yeah, they were literally just eating chips. Um, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if I saw a bag of chips, I would do the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she finds Jordan's panties. Ew. Then she goes back to the house and she sees her loading a gun. And you're thinking at this point, killer. One of them is the killer. Why would she run back in the house? Like, again, logically speaking, I would have stayed in the car and just crawled in the trunk and waited till daylight. Literally. And I know there's like the pro- the prospect of a killer on the loose, but like... She's still trying to make a case for herself with these people. Yes. She yes. She's a point. 
And she gets so excited when she realizes that Jordan has a gun. She's like, I'm about to fucking get this bitch. So she goes yes. inside, she grabs the hammer, and I'm like, one of these houses is the killer. The reveal is coming. Yes, it's coming. And does it ever come? No, because then when <laughs> we get the... Jordan has a gun, which we saw her with ourselves. We saw her with a gun, And yeah. then she lies so she doesn't have it, but then she empties her pockets, and she doesn't have it. But she's the killer of the game. Yeah. Which I wonder if, like, what is that supposed to imply? That she's the real-life killer. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, it's just it was ridiculous like, Alice's theory that they were dying in yeah. order of how they were accused. Yeah, is that us? Like, is that, like, sort of, like, a way to make us as the audience think, like, oh, my God, she's the killer. And we're, we're putting meaning on meaningless things yeah. like they are? Yes, because then when she grabs the hammer, she makes this, like, really, like, diabolical face, like, ferociously yeah. going after them. Like, I'm about to kill this bitch. So it's like, oh! <gasps> One of them is the killer. That's what I, I was thinking. I was literally thinking one of them is about to turn around and be like, boo, boo, boo. Yeah. Or bang, do bang, a, bang. Do a, uh, and do a whole uh, monologue. An amber moment. I'm not the killer. I know. <laughs> Boom. Done. Let's figure Let's out keep who going. the fuck the actual killer is. <laughs> is there a killer? We'll find out. Tension is at an all-time high as B accuses Jordan of killing David and Emma. Jordan defends herself saying she didn't kill anybody and doesn't have a gun. She points out that the only person who has been lying is B. B reveals she didn't finish school because her mom was struggling with borderline personality disorder. She was just too embarrassed to tell Sophie the truth, afraid that she would think she's a loser. Jordan, not buying the story, pulls the gun out on them. Jordan reveals no one wanted to invite Sophie in the first place, and not only did she show up, but she's shown up with a psychopathic girlfriend. Alice backs up Jordan by pointing out that David told her Sophie was desperately begging David to talk to her parents to unlock her trust fund, which is why she showed up to the party in the first motherfucking place. (laughs) Sophie begins explaining that she sought out help by going to rehab, but Jordan explains they all snitched on her to her parents so they would force her into rehab after multiple overdoses. Jordan changes focus when she then reveals Sophie texted her to stop by on the way to David's and they had sex in her car. The underwear begins making sense to be. Sophie tries to distract from this revelation by pointing out Jordan doesn't like Alice and hate listens to her podcasts. Alice breaks down and explains the stressful intricacies of podcasting. (laughs) We know them well. We do. She then tells Jordan that no one likes her because she's so mean and anal. She tops off the insults by saying Jordan's rag to riches narrative is bullshit because her parents are upper upper middle middle class. (laughs) And Sophie must have overdosed because Jordan has a superiority complex. Just then, Jordan shoots Alice in the leg. They all begin to wrestle for the gun. The chaos comes to a halt when the gun goes off again. The girls get off one another, revealing the gun has shot Alice through the neck, killing her. Jordan grabs the gun and warns Sophie not to come near her as she makes her way upstairs. When she gets to the top of the stairs, she is tackled by B. In their scuffle, Jordan falls over the banister, crashing into a table. As she dies, she weakly tells B to check Sophie's texts. B and Sophie begin to suspect each other of being the killer. B, not believing Sophie's innocence, pulls away from her and makes her way through the house, past all the bodies. 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 (laughs) (laughs) She eventually makes her way outside. It is now morning. The yard has been destroyed by the hurricane. Sophie finds and embraces her, confessing that she broke her sobriety and also gave pills to Emma, who she then watched fall down the stairs to her death. B 
still skeptical, asks to see Sophie's phone. Sophie quickly tosses her phone into the mud. The two begin to wrestle for it, but B grabs hold of a phone, only it is David's phone. They open the phone, which is playing a looping video of David attempting to pop open a bottle of champagne with the sword like Greg did earlier. After several failed attempts, David turns the sword around and it slips, accidentally slicing open his own neck. B and Sophie soon realize there is no killer and everyone has died accidental deaths. Just then, Max shows up looking around at the carnage asking what's happened. B's phone begins chiming with notifications. Disturbed, she exclaims that she now has cell service. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And the credits roll to the original song, Hot Girl, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies by Charlie XCX. <laughs> I love that song. That's a good song. I'm a hot girl. Hot girl, big girl. I'm a big girl. <laughs> okay, so yeah. So at the top of the section this is my favorite part of the entire movie. Like first Oh off, my God, it's so good. You're like, okay, we're getting to the end. The reveal is on its way. We see B starting to come back. We see Jordan with the knife. We're like, oh shit. I mean, not the knife, the gun. <laughs> I was like, what? But then B gets into the house and she has this hammer. So you're like, something's coming. But instead we get some more hilarious dialogues that the actors are so committed to the, their delivery yes it just oh this alice and her podcast i that died. was a brilliant monologue i died it, it, because that is so relatable very sure and andre was like is that you my babe and i'm like yes <laughs> and then when i saw it the second time with all of my cousins they were like that's you bitch I'm like yeah no, it is. podcasting for life for life it's really hard work it's a lot of work. First, you have to build a Google Calendar. I've been working on it for a while. <laughs> but we can all relate to this podcasting stuff. I mean, come on. She's right. Honestly. Yeah, you guys don't know what we go through. <laughs> <laughs> but you have your eyes on uh, Miss Alice throughout the entire film because she's our comic relief. Yeah, um, she's she's lovely. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, I think at this point we're expecting the big reveal confrontation between the killer and the rest of the victims right and it it honestly goes completely left and it just turns into these to these remaining girls sort of confronting each other about everything that they hate about each other yeah like just laying it all out on the floor like getting rid of that phony fake you know whatever bullshit they put up to hang out with each other and And instead just like let's get real yeah and it's very mean girls very heathers yeah like, when, it, when it all comes out at the end what did she say what does regina george say like less hot version of me yeah yes that one <laughs> yeah. you're a homeschooled jungle freak yeah <laughs> exactly it's like that moment but like escalated to now life and death the sort of circumstances yes. and then bringing out all the flaws they see in each other when alice goes in on um jordan for perpetuating this you know, rags to riches story, but her, you know, that we get some of the best dialogue there. It's just like, oh yeah, your parents are mm-hmm. upper, upper middle. middle. You know what? The way she says it, all that whole yeah. line, and then which is their professors. And Jordan goes, it's public, it's public. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. Get, but you know what? What Andre's cousin said, and I was thinking it myself. I just didn't say it because I was like, no, no one else is gonna see it. And she goes, um, 
Miss Alice is giving me Brittany Murphy vibes in that. But, and I was like, I got that too. Aww, Did you get any whiff yeah. of that at all? You know what? Now that you mention it, I could definitely see some Brittany Murphy in there. Yes. And almost the delivery of that upper middle class line is like, you're a virgin who can't drive. Oh, 100%. It was so now, it was that, so good. now that I think about that, for sure. Oh, I, I'm sure that was probably on the list of movies that they were required okay. to watch, which I know was is something that they did do. Yeah, I'm sure. Because that is, it, it was so good. But from the podcast ranch to the upper middle class segment. To, to the to the, to the the borderline sh- conversation. Borderline, when she, yeah. <laughs> when she says that she's like, I mean, honestly, that's really hard because mental health is a really big deal. Like, I've never said this to anybody, but I have body dysmorphia. <laughs> Shut up, Alice. <laughs> I have body dysmorphia. Uh, through all of this. <sighs> and then getting shot and then turning into like a limping zombie. Yes. Why? Why did, did you, you just shoot, shoot me? me? Did yeah. you just shoot me? Yeah. That line is hilarious. And Jordan says no. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> did you just shoot me? You just shot me with a gun. Uh, I've never been shot before. This really fucking hurts. <laughs> no, I love the... Because you can tell that they edited in different versions yes, of takes. that scene. Yes. Yeah, because like, you're a bitch. You're such a fucking bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You're such a bitch. You're such a fucking bitch. And she like tackles her to the to the couch. <laughs> yeah. No, and then she starts limping toward her. She's like, why? Yes. Why did you shoot me? <laughs> you know, they just like let her just go. And they're like, just yeah. improv. Just say just whatever comes to mind. And anything. And they just shorten it to this. Yeah. These few moments. I would the love audio to see sounds every... different. Yes. <laughs> You can tell they boomed her from different angles. Yes, <laughs> the best line. It was so good. This whole scene in general is, is shot really well. Like, you can tell that Miss Helene Rain has um, a background in, in on st- the with theater. stage and theater because it all is like these long takes. Um, you know, one setting. We have a lot of dialogue, um, so it does almost feel like we're watching a play kind of play out in these right. scenes. Right. And um, I don't know. It's like just really, really well done, and um, everybody's sort of like on their game in this moment. And yes, I, I just all of it just works so the well. Commitment is fantastic. Yeah. and then when they're wrestling right. for this gun, they're like, "Don't hit me! You already shot me!" And like they're wrestling, but then to end with that one final gunshot, boom! And honestly, it's devastating when you see that Miss Alice is dead. It's like, ah, my heart was <sighs> broken. Oh my god! I mean, I knew it was probably going to happen. It always seemed like it was—I could see it coming a mile away. Yeah, but both, um, both times in the audience, it, you heard this. No, oh. <laughs> like no. they were. Yeah, they're like, she's yeah, okay, so funny. Turn it off. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't care about the rest of these bitches. It's a testament to her performance. Well done. Well done, yeah. Miss. Who do you think shoots Alice? I. It looks like she just landed on it and it went off. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Her shoulder blade is the killer. <laughs> her her shoulder, yeah, her elbow is the killer. <laughs> so then after this happens, Miss Jordan cannot take responsibility for it. And no. this moment of panic is actually... I feel, I feel for her because... The gun was her idea, so naturally the, you yes. think that she... She already shot her in the leg, crying out loud. Exactly. And, then, and so she's like full on panicked. And, you know, when they're like backing her up the stairs and everything, Getting I feel it. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, please stop. She's like, stop walking towards me. And they're because she doesn't know. Oh. She's like, are they are they going to be like, OK, well, she needs to die now, too? Or yes. like, 
like, just protect ourselves. Of that whole scene where she's like, please stop, stop, fucking yeah. stop, you know? Like, um, it was giving me that vibe from Scream 4 with Miss um, Hayden Panettiere, where she's like, uh, where she oh, can't yeah. think of any more answers. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. it. And then I when feel it. The, her t- death is intense as well. Oh dang! Her and B go at it. That bitch tackles her, and and B's an animal. Now that we know the history, we didn't. We haven't really talked about it, but um, you know, we find out that there's history now between Sophie and Jordan, and they possibly have a have had a a lover's tryst behind fucking yeah, like B's a couple back. days before this. Yeah, and we know, and we learn in this moment, or not in the moment before, that B went through great lengths to try to lie for Sophie, to you know, lie about her job, lie about all the stuff cool. to impress her. Yeah, and then this bitch is gonna come along and and fuck your woman. I think she's already like invested too much into Sophie, where she's like, I'm gonna fucking beat this bitch up. Yeah, and they fight. They fight, and when she crashes into the table, like the sound of it is brutal. And then seeing her covered in blood, shards of glass in her yeah, in her stomach. stomach, it's jarring. And her final words are check her text. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, like even amongst all the craziness, like their petty bullshit still takes precedent. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. You could be on your deathbed, lying in shards of glass, and you're still like, yeah. check her text. Uh, this is where you start evaluating. You're like, okay. I just saw two people accidentally die. So you're like, the killer is only going to be responsible for one person's death. I don't think so. Okay, you know how I feel about these coincidental deaths. Yeah, normally you fucking hate them. I do. And and the the one that I hate is Emma's. I hate that. I hate that that's Um, how she died. Because it's such a mystery. It's so ridiculous. It's It's such a mystery. Obviously, we already talked about the editing is weird. But like, it's just... Like, really? So we have somebody who accidentally slit their own throat, and then five minutes later, we have somebody who accidentally fall down the stairs and smashed her head up just because the lights are out and they're on drugs? Yeah, and she's on drugs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that, I'm I like, hate that okay. one. But here's another piece of, like, weird blocking, like, similar to that Emma one, where Sophie and B are wrestling for the truth in these texts. And they're in the yeah. mud, and they fall into the pool, and then they come out and they grab the phone again, but then they, like, cozy up next to each other and are like, wait, like... I don't why like I don't know what turned them off from wrestling for the phone to then grabbing a phone and instantly realizing yeah. that it's David's phone and then thinking to open it to see what's in it. I'm like, this yeah, is like, it, like a yeah, rush. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. It's sort of like all right, we're just gonna wrap this up really quick. Let's give the people because at this point people are like, wait, there's no killer. Like, what is the explanation? It's like we're here? on to you. Like you just have to like just give it up yeah yeah she's like we, we need to, we need to find a way to just to let people know that we haven't wasted their time it's like what is the purpose pace, though yeah it's like the I timing agree. is weird i'm like what i agree i know but, okay this ending well right before this i was gonna say i think it's really interesting how after jordan is killed and uh it becomes again you said like they're there's like this whole scene that kind of happens where sophie's now chasing b through the house trying to get her to talk to her but the only thing that could happen from here is that B killed people for Sophie and Sophie intentionally killed people. And so she's like, see what we did? We did this together. You killed Greg. You killed yeah. uh, Jordan. And I killed the other two. And so, see, this is us together. That was like the only other possible sure. choice that could go. Of course. And, but, and I do find it in- interesting that 
um, you know, this, the beginning of this movie throughout this whole thing, it's, it's like B sort of chasing after Sophie. And in this yeah. moment, at the very end, now that everything's gone down, it's like now flipped. And Sophie's like literally chasing, has trying to chase B now, who's like scared of her. And so, I don't know, it's an interesting change of, uh, change of power dynamic. Yeah. And now, now she doesn't have all those like girls in her ear. She doesn't have, you know, all those expectations. <laughs> yeah, there's a freedom now. And so now, she, now she's finally chasing after B and B doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. So we get to this ending. And mm-hmm. okay. So first of all, in the original script, there was a killer and there was a killer reveal in the likes of Scream, right? So uh, who do you think could have been the killer in those earlier drafts? Because they haven't said who it was. Hmm, I would probably think it'd be either, either Sophie or me too. B. Yeah, but, or that 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 possibility of Sophie being like, I killed Emma, I killed Greg, I killed, you know, they yeah. were my targets, but you killed everybody else in between. So hmm, we did yeah. we did this together. Let's take off. I feel like yeah, I feel like Jordan is too obvious, and I feel like Alice yeah. is too. Been the red herring more. Yeah, it would have been built up that way more. Yeah, and I feel like Alice is she's just not capable, or nobody no. would take it seriously. It wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't have never. It would have never been her. But in one, yeah. in one aspect, I do think that this ending is brilliant, but I could see someone being upset that there was no killer. Yeah. Be- but by the time Alice died, it was like, is there even a killer? Because it's like, we've just now seen all these accidental deaths. Yeah, we've now seen two on-screen people die on accident. Yeah. So I wasn't shocked, and I was leaning more toward the thought of it being brilliant. At that point... When I, I was like, oh no, I knew exactly what was coming. As soon as they found David's phone, I was like, oh, it's an accident. It's all a misunderstanding. It has and, to be at this point. And I knew I was like, Jake's not going to like this movie because they were all coincidental death. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, uh, and uh, you know, that's obviously not true. I do actually really like this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can understand why like somebody watching it is like, oh, that's not what I came here to see. Yeah. It's kind of smarter than... Than having a killer. Yeah. That's been done a million it's more, times. It's more of a commentary. It's more satirical that these girls didn't even think to think twice about the, all the possibilities. They went right into this yeah. sort of animalistic hysteria that they that they wound up in. Well, it's like everyone's narcissism was the killer. Like, David yeah. dies trying to prove he can be just as close as Greg. Yeah. Greg dies because B was trying to protect her cheating girlfriend. Emma yeah. dies because uh, too many drugs to feel good since everyone dogged her for being a narcissist. And, you know, it's like everyone's everyone's death was kind of, in a way, self-serving. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's obviously a comment on this generation. And then the only thing I... I when the service comes back and she's all, I have service, and then yeah. cut to black, it's yeah. like... So weird. It's it's weird. It's weird. But it's like, you what know, is it, what, what, I'm like, what does that mean? Okay, so she has her. Like, is it just she's like she's just uh, gone completely crazy? Like she's yeah, her like mind in is shock cracked or something. Yeah, yeah, she's. I think it's just in shock. Like I can't believe this happened. All these act. They're trying to figure it out. Like you, all these coincidental yeah. deaths. You know, like, um, but it makes way more sense that these kids accidentally killed themselves over just being upset over their own narcissism than actually yeah. any of them being capable of meticulously of planning a killing spree. Yeah, because then, then the story becomes about something completely different. 
Yeah. It's like, would Billy and Stu have ever gotten away past Casey and Steve's murder? I don't think so, but... <laughs> you know, but... On the other side of it, Helena said in an interview that the core theme here is essentially to kill or be killed, like you said. Yeah. And when trying to survive, can you stay civilized or do you become a beast? I think Jordan and B in this uh, ensemble were the were the kind of the animals. The beasts. The beasts, yeah. They were the werewolves. And the TikTok thing starting all of this, I mean, it honestly reminds you of how many people have been injured. And I don't know if anyone's died, but trying to create their version of like a yeah, challenge or these course. stupid viral trends. But using that as the basis of like a slasher mystery, I thought was well done. Yeah, it's like eating a Tide Pod or something. Yes, and then going to the hospital because you can't stop throwing up. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Ridiculous. I think that gets us into our final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts are that this movie is so fun because yeah. to me, at, at the end of the weird editing and maybe things that we don't like about the reveals and whatnot, it is an amalgamation of so many of our favorite movies like Mean Girls, Heathers, Clue. I know Clue is one of your favorites. Uh, Clue. Clue yes. less. Scream. I know we did last summer, you know, but it's like it's blended into a tale for people who are our age and younger. So it's yeah. fresh and it's modern and the dialogue feels good and it feels like something similar to something like Scream came out where you're like, oh, they kind of yeah. are in tune with like, you know, the yeah, oh, God. specific You know what it also kind of reminds me of? You know, it reminds me of Bachelorette a little bit too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How that like, movie is kind of, is like is yes, like kind of zany and fun. Dynamics. It's like yeah, it's like the it's sort of masked as like a you know hangover for women, but really that movie is about these these group of girls who have been friends forever, but they have all this fucking trauma with each other, and throughout the night it all comes up and they all start, you know, start turning on each other and throwing the things about yeah. themselves. Uh, that I, it, it just hit me. I was like, Oh my that. God. Of I was like, this movie reminds me so much of bachelorette. If you've never seen that movie bachelorette, definitely go watch it. Starring Kirsten Dunst, Isla Fisher, Lizzie Kaplan, James Marsden. It's Marzo. almost like it's a psychological great. thriller. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Masked <laughs> yeah. as a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes these movies uh, are an idea of what a certain generation is like, but this does feel very genuine in a lot of ways. So I think the writing yeah. and the directing is well done. The characters are written well. Um, there's someone everyone can relate to, obviously, in this movie. The yeah. acting is really one of the strongest elements. It's a fantastic ensemble. The atmosphere yeah, is great. They kill us. The score is great. The soundtrack is great. The directing is great. The only negatives for me are the weird moments that I pointed out where the tone changes yeah. suddenly or like there's a change in pace or time is sped up and um, the character the characters are suddenly in a different mindset. But other than that, I'm going to give this a near perfect score of four and a half out of five. Nice, nice, I like nice. Yeah, I, I think I, I really like the things that we talked about. I love the satire. I love the commentary. the The characters are so fun and relatable, and you know the the complexities of like the female friendships are are, are really fun to watch. I think my biggest criticism of it is that there's a kind of a lack of suspense. I don't feel, like for a yeah. movie that's sort of marketed as a horror film. There's no, there was never any moment I was like, oh my god, like. I, I'm like, you know, there's not a buildup of tension before something happens. Yes. It, so, you it's know, not scary. It, it, it's not scary by any means. But when I think about what it actually is, I really love that. It was just like subverting my expectations of what I thought it was going to be. It almost should have been marketed as a movie about teenagers partying. 
And right, then, exactly. Uh, like a comedy, and then you go into it and you're like, this is a horror movie, kind of. Yeah, yeah, there's kind of a horror element to this. Because when it's marketed so strongly as like a horror film, it's like, you know, it could be slightly disappointing. Um, yeah. But I mean, I again, I, I really liked it as well. Definitely something I will rewatch and, you know, show people who might... <laughs> I'll have to fight on, you know, fight yeah. with whether they think it's good or not. Cause they're going to be like, wait, that wasn't scary. And be like, no, it's not, but it's not more scary. than that. Yeah. It's more than just not being scary. It, there's, you know, it's smart. And I, I, yeah, I, I find smart. myself having to do that with a lot of a 24 films. <laughs> right. But, um, Defending them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. To people or like explaining them to people who don't fully understand beyond the surface of what they see. Yes, you know, with my you know giant brain, um, <laughs> but I, I definitely I do like this movie a lot. So I am going to give it a four out of five. All right, well that does it for bodies, bodies, bodies. Our first ah! episode of season five, Dizzen. Oh my god! Wow, you know sometimes it takes you a second to get back into it, but I think we we flowed, bitch. We did oh, it. Oh, bitch, we slayed. We did our research. We watched the interviews, Miss Mama, Miss Thing. We listened to okay. all the actors. Yes, okay. we we were. This is probably the best episode of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies <laughs> that You're anyone can ever listen to. Gonna hear. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers because on there we have so many fun marketing things. We're still doing hotties every every week. We're bringing back Soundtrack Sunday. Who do we pick for hotties this week? We picked Miss um, Miss Lee Pace. <laughs> <laughs> we picked Miss Lee Pace, of course, right. the- and Amanda Stenberg. Yes, her, her smile. I love illuminates, her smile. Yeah, illuminates the screen just as the phones did. Um, yes yes absolutely yeah. and then we got uh we are we're doing soundtrack sundays which we Ooh, love yes what did you pick for soundtrack sunday this week Ooh, okay what what are some of the songs i picked i picked um so i did her by megan the stallion because it's all about like kind of being conceited in a way like i'm her, her, yeah. her right her, her, and she, then she. slumber party with ash nico and princess nokia oh, because obviously right. They're like, uh, like you know, lesbians. And then um, <laughs> I picked um, "Slumber Party" by Britney and Tanache. I mean, I for the same reasons. I I'm wonder sure. why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, I "Bitch I'm Nice" by Dochi, which is also kind of an icy by Melly, conceited by Flo Millie. So those are all about like, it's all about me, bitch. It's all about me. I'm this. I'm that. I'm a mean girl. I'm a bitch, and you know, <laughs> very that. You all. You also chose "Bodies" by Drowning Pool. Oh yeah, I mean, let the bodies hit the floor, duh. I think this one's obvious. Left outside alone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, in the storm, of like, the hurricane. <laughs> literally, I was like, I was like thinking of songs. I was like, okay, or like moments in the movie. I was like, what? Are, and I was like, oh, B getting like sh- left outside alone, shoved outside. And so I was like, oh yeah, there's, what's that like Anastasia song? I've never heard of this woman in my life. A Anastasia. <laughs> she's she's like you know she's a little early two thousands pop stress who's Looks really like big it. in like Europe. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Low rise jeans, what super rich kids by Frank Ocean. Oh, obviously, okay, I think that speaks for itself. And phone by Lizzo. Oh yeah, phone, which is when I have my phone, which is a great yeah. song. And, and you know, there's a lot chopped, of phones in this movie. We chopped off the playlist with Hot Girl by Charlie XCX. Yeah, it was made for this movie. And I love when movies have like one song that's like original to it. It's like oh, I love that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Nice oh. song. So that can be heard on Spotify. So if you go over to our Instagram, you can get all the links for all of that and whatever. 
Yeah, and party it up. Listen to our Bodies, Bodies, Bodies playlist in anticipation. I mean, you've already finished this episode, but just know that for future episodes, look out for that. And you can party all week, listen to our playlist, and then yes. tune into the episode. Like, hide yourself up for the week, for the end of the week yes. on Fridays. I know, I know I'm listening. So, new episodes every Friday. We're back at it. We're back, bitch. Get ready for. Fear the Talking Queer Season 5 New Blood. Ooh, but until next time, sweet screens, bitch. Bye.